Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show with Rob. It doesn't feel good on your asshole. Slim. I'm gonna rip your head off and fuck your neck hole. <laughs> and Slamborghini. It's hurting till it's squirting, baby. Yeah, yeah. Internet radio's finest. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim. What is world.com? Ali. Arrow. I'm Chinese. I was wondering if you would like some beef with broccoli. I come over from Beijing. I pray ping pong and pray to Buddha and say ching chong chong ching. You want sake Or you want California Dragon roll with ginger and wasabi If you're hungry Call me I get you table in my restaurant With free fortune cookie There's a smart difference Between ranch and
the bitch wool. Rewind and listen again. I get mad pussy. You kiss men. Please leave message when you call. Stupid Mongolians breaking my wall. Oh shit, the song's over. <laughs> this is Summer Smith, and you're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Booyah, boona. Lick, lick, lick my balls. God damn. Uh, noob, noob. On? noob, noob. Noob, noob. This guy gets it. The fuck is noob, noob? Where is he? I don't know. We have a noob, noob. Creepy <laughs> mucus. Slurpy mucus. What's his name? Mewb? Noob noob. Where's noob noob? Fucking bag of shit. It's always late. It's always late. God damn. It's hard to find good help. It is. It's hard to find good help. Fuck. They're either on? always late or they're just cunts and it's just never an in between. Yeah. They're, they're both. They're usually both. Right. Fucking look at Slambo. Look at that mag- magnificent bastard. Fucking way, doing way better things than us now. Yes, and bugs and all that good shit. The genius probably making thousands and thousands of dollars. Genius of the penis. <laughs> should start uh, doing interviews. Uh, we got a big uh, announcement. We got a big uh, surprise coming on December thirteenth. So stick around. It involves two very close friends of ours. Oh, I can't wait. These yeah. guys are great guys. They're, they're stand up motherfuckers. Yeah, we'll we'll give when we get closer today. We'll give you guys more details. We'll mm. give you links and stuff. No, and- we won't. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, it'll, just stay tuned. Right. Stay tuned. It'll be uh, a new thing starting December 13th. Big, big fucking surprise. It's going to be right time for the holidays. So you're going to love that. You're going to love that shit. I know I'm pumped for it. I was watching last night The Long Road Home because uh, the first guest, uh, Kenny Liu, he was in it. Okay. Fucking really good. I don't watch much TV at all, but I know uh, when I booked him, I saw it was starting, and it was like last night was the first episode. It's about... Uh, I don't know when, <clears throat> early 2000s or whatever, it's a group of uh, U.S. soldiers that were taken, like, hostage in, uh, in like, the middle of a, a Baghdad, like, street and shit. It's crazy, crazy good. And it said, uh, I don't know if this part of it, like, I don't know if it was a commercial or what, but, like, the military let National Geographic go around with them for, like, 10 weeks or something. That's awesome. So, yeah. Like, it, it's really, like, it's really, like, accurate and shit. I really all that and somebody's like uh, I think mother tweeted to Kenny like I had no idea like I knew some of the stuff my son been through but I didn't know like it's real like she said he she said he wakes up screaming like Arabic sometimes in his sleep from like night terrors and shit and there's one soldier in there that's yeah he's trained to speak Arabic and shit they do they train okay train you and shit like it shows a lot of shit I guess that people just didn't really know like right like you knew like it was bad but you didn't really know like it was this bad oh my god and he's like the gunner on top of a fucking uh, Humvee it's fucking 
crazy, crazy. It's a really good show. It sounds awesome. Really good. I, I, I didn't watch, like, right, because I, I messaged him last night. I'm like, I can't wait to talk to you, dude. And he's like, make sure, I, I told him I was watching, I had I had it ready to watch. He said, make sure you watch both episodes. Because I guess they debuted, like, two episodes back-to-back last night. So we're going to be talking to him. We got uh, Steve Coulter coming back. Got Willis Morgan. Got Joe Pontillo. Got Mighty Mike McGee and Mike Seibert. And, uh, awesome. Double mic. Double mics. Double <laughs> mics, bitches. <laughs> and then uh, next week, stick around. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. And December 13th, don't forget. If any of you cunts need to fly anywhere, call uh, low-cost airlines. I had a couple of people message me that they called that number, and uh, they got really good prices. Oh, okay. Uh, awesome. 1-800-218-4909. That's uh, low-cost airlines. Cool. What the fuck? What the fuck else? What the fuck else? Where's a where's the group? The stupid ass group. Got a lot of fucking crazy news. Got stupid Roy Holiday dead. Got stupid Charlie Sheen raping thirteen year old Corey Hames and <laughs> shit. Oh, we'll stick man. around. We'll talk about all that shit. It's mm. all good shit. It's all drizzle news and fucking. Yeah, I know. Some celebrity people, news. Some people definitely didn't like your Roy. A couple people didn't like your Roy Holiday comments. Fuck him. He's a bag of shit. He got what he deserved. He got what he had coming. I'm gonna fly a plane. All these stupid assholes. I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna fly a plane. Yay. Yay. This is my dream. My dream was always to fly a plane. I'll never play for the Yankees. No, now you won't. Stupid <laughs> piece of shit. How's, how's that? How's that? Where, where'd that get you? Stupid. All those fucking whatever principles, did, those morals you had. Did the Yankees like want him? Like, what was the deal? Like, why is? Oh, when he was when he left uh, the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays, which just shouldn't even be a fucking real team. It's Blue in Jays. Canada. It's in Canada. <laughs> so it's fucking Toronto. What the fuck? Why are they allowed to play in the American League and the fucking National League? This is so we're making America great again. Come on, maybe that was part yes. of like Trump's plan because it is a year. Maybe that was part of, like, his plan. He, like, sent out a drone to fucking take down Roy Holiday. <laughs> America's already a lot greater. Thank you. Thank you, my Fuhrer. Donnie. He was like, I'm going to get rid of these Canadians of these one Canadians. by one. <laughs> That's fucking We're going to start with Roy no, Holiday. And then, and then he went to the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies is where you want to be. No, you want to be in the top fucking, the top, uh, the, the top city for anything. The top city for radio. The top city for acting. The top city for sports. So, it's so New York City. So I'm still lost on the Yankee thing. Like he came out and said, "Like I'll never be a Yankee." Or was yeah, like, I guess that was one of the things he said when he was a free agent when he, when he was off the Blue Jays and he was looking for other teams. Basically, or just shit on the Yankees. Yeah, I never, I never played for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so much better than the Yankees. I'm a Blue Jay. <laughs> I'm so dead now. I'm Roy Holiday. Get it? I'm Roy Holiday. The best the was most- Richard Casanza. Uh, comment on that on that Facebook post, and he said, uh, uh, "Where was it? Where was it about uh John F. Kennedy Jr.'s last words. What, what were they? You feed the dog and I'll feed the fish. <laughs> Love you, Richard Kassan. Everyone else is like bothered by it. Yeah. By the, I, I was, well, oh, because the article said how down earth he is. I was like, yeah, he was so down earth. He just had to crash his fucking plane. He couldn't <laughs> be up there too long. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great. I was like, <laughs> that's a great amazing. fucking joke. It's a great joke. <laughs> like, he really just needed to be down to earth. Just, just down to earth <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, what can you say about the guy? I mean, that's, that's very accurate. That's very accurate. <laughs> he was down to earth in life. God bless and his down soul. down to earth in death. He couldn't even fly, that motherfucker. <laughs> He's so down to goddamn earth. <laughs> Down to earth, he couldn't fly. <laughs> Tee hee. Ugh, what a bag of shit. Uh, what a dead bag of shit. Drizzle bunga. All right, yeah, yeah, I think he drizzled into the ocean or something. <laughs> I don't know. Down in the Cayman Islands or something. Drizzle. The Cumming Islands. The Cumming Islands. 
That's where Sleepy Lucas is right now. Mm. It's coming in everybody's eyelids. It's a real fucking... Coming in the eyelids. <laughs> That's the best. You ever get coming in your eyelids? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> no. Then why'd you say it's amazing? Do what do you think, I'm gay? <laughs> oh, that's gonna be the next show opener. <laughs> you ever get that in your eyes? <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> God damn. Where's Noob Noob? Fuck is Noob Noob. God damn. He gets God it. Damn. Oh, I love it. He said I was he made, he made him oh, sad. Oh, that was depressed guy. Yeah, depressing he doesn't like God that. Damn. That's Noob Noob that's got to like clean up the shit off the table. Right. Oh, I guess we'll play uh, before noob. we go to break. I'll play uh, I'll play the Rider Reacts, but then before we go to break uh the new Nun like Joshua fucking rap song cuz Shetrio shit the bed this week with that. Uh, he did uh Tiny Rick. Tiny Rick's already an amazing song. You can't do right. anything. Tiny. You just take shit that's not songs, Chet Rio. So, You're fucking up, kid. But then, uh, yeah, none like Joshua did a new Pickle Rick rap that's amazing. And the beat, whoever, I forget the guy that made the beat is great, too. So, yeah, check him out. Sub him on uh, YouTube. I think it's none like Joshua, right? Yeah, I is believe it? so. It's and sub like us, Joshua. you fucking assholes. Robin Slim, go there. Yes. Go there. But uh, I got the new Rider Reacts, which is fucking amazing. So, no, uh, Chet Rio just he just auto-tuned the Tiny Rick song? He flattens out all the vocals on the, the the program he has. It flattens out like anything. Like it takes all tone out of everything, and then he like can fucking make it into a song. Like, but yeah, no, the tiny bit's already a fucking song. Stupid. Yeah, already an amazing song. And I just did not like did not like what he did with it. But here's the new writer reacts. All right, is it? And there, yeah, it's all set up. Cool. <laughs> Now it's time for Writer Reacts to Urban Dictionary. Oh, yeah. Hi, friends. This is Ryder, And this is another week of a Writer Reacts to UrbanDictionary.com. Thanks for joining me. Tonight's term is the word saddleback. Hmm. A saddleback is a verb spelled S-A-D-D-L-E-B-A-C-K. Saddleback. (laughs) I'm going to share some definitions of the term. Definition number one. When a nice Christian girl has Hmm. anal sex in order to preserve her virginity. (laughs) <laughs> or pauses. The, the, uh, I don't know if it's the Arabs or the Indians that do that too. It's like been known for like forever that that's what they do. They give up the butthole to save the fucking cunt. Like, why ignore the cunt? Yeah, and I feel like like oh. some people do say anal sex is still sex. Like, you're still kind of uh, yeah, losing your virginity. I remember yeah. like, uh, yeah, girls saying like oral too. Yeah, it's still, you're still just you're still not a virgin. Yeah. Definition number two. A term for the phenomenon of Christian teens engaging in unprotected anal sex in order to preserve their virginities. That's what Slim did. Why does it gotta be unprotected? Here are the sentences. Can't have a butt baby. Sentence number one. Julie let Ken saddle back her last night. She thinks premarital sex is wrong, but this doesn't count because it's not real sex. (laughs) (laughs) A sentence number two. After attending the purity ball, 
Heather and Bill saddlebacked all night. I want to know more about because she's saving balls. herself for marriage. She talks about it. Okay, it's really Aww. creepy. You never heard of that? How shit? sweet! <laughs> all these good little Christian girls saving <laughs> themselves for marriage. Yes, they do. Sodomy <laughs> is like a mortal didn't God destroy yeah. the whole city. Over yeah, he did. Sodom. Yeah, they're not Friends. supposed to have about the butt sex. sex. Like, that's like it, I'm pretty sure there was one state where it it, it either is still <laughs> illegal, like it's still illegal to have yeah. anal sex. Like, that's, like, highly against a religion. Yeah. Who, when we were in middle school... Oh, wait, yeah, let me go back. This is a girl. She knew middle school. I fucking kid you not. Her dad got her a purity ring. That's what they do. Okay. You know what a purity ring is, They have right? a ceremony. I actually don't it's know what a purity ring is. It's basically a ring that you wear as a vow to your, to of usually, chastity usually and abstinence. And as the name would say, purity. Hmm. Not only in the back door, not the front <laughs> door ring. It's yeah. purity ring. Not dick Sometimes in your mouth ring. But <laughs> the, a lot of times. The thing is, uh, plus again, so much. Like they have ceremonies. They have like wedding ceremonies where fathers and daughters go before the pastor, and the fathers give the daughters these rings, and the rings oh. promise to like not have sex oh. for marriage. It's so so creepy. I know it's creepy. Dads <laughs> yeah. give them to their little girls. Yeah. You're mine until okay, you're married. Okay, so this married. friend of mine, oh. her dad gives her this purity ring. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing it, and they do those fucking church events, like dad and daughter church event. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. <laughs> but can I just tell you, this is also the first girl that I ever heard about giving a blowjob. I'm going to tell you, between 6th and 7th and 8th grade alone... That fucking bitch gave more blowjobs than I've probably ever given in my life. Purity blowjobs. <laughs> yeah. Really busy. It's like pastors' daughters and shit. They're always like yes, doing that Yes, daddy didn't shit. cover that as part of her little purity yeah. daddy promise. They need more rings, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, they need a mouth ring, and, an anal ring, and a cock ring. I mean, friends I've had who have gone to Catholic school or who have had really overbearing parents who restrict them from doing particular things. Um, especially dating <laughs> those are the girls who end up being really big whores like it's yeah. that whole thing like if you restrict it that is what the person's gonna want more than anything you might think I'm being a hypocrite because I'm a sex worker and I'm calling girls whores or sluts or something but I'm actually really not that slutty and I don't care if girls are slutty um, I'm not personally. It's just not how I am. I've only been with a few people, to be honest. But I do have a problem with being like, I'm a virgin. Yet you're opening up your little asshole <laughs> to your boyfriend's dick every well, night. Well said, Ryder. You're not a virgin. Your I don't care if technically that means you're a virgin. You're not a fucking virgin. Yeah. You've had a penis inside huh? you. You let a guy That's stick why I'm his a dick in your yep. asshole. <laughs> and probably let him I come in it. So now no. you have cum leaking out of your butt. <laughs> Maybe. And you have the nerve to be like, mm-hmm, I'm just an innocent little virgin. <laughs> you don't get that benefit. No, I respect a girl if she wants to make that 
choice. I mean, it's a stupid fucking choice. You want to be butt slut? Come on. Do it. How old are you going to be when you get married? 35? I don't know. Right. 30 maybe? I, I don't know why anyone, including God, would want you. <laughs> if, never mind. I won't get into it. <laughs> if there's a God, <laughs> maybe he's okay with you having premarital sex like come on it's not the end of the world it's probably more okay with them having sex than getting a dick in their ass to want to marry (laughs) someone and be with them supposedly forever i don't know what it's about don't know what they got going on in that area don't ignore the fucking pussy bitches and also it's like once a guy gets your asshole like yeah he'll want to fuck you in your pussy sure it's still hot, but like the asshole is like the crown jewel of like achievement. That's it. You know you're good if you get some you asshole. Start yeah. there. If you start there, yeah, exactly. There's nothing like, else to leave him around wanting for. Yes. You just fuck the ass like, and throw him away. You're like, fuck. I'm done. Like, I got everything I need. Yeah. 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 Like Usually you're moving to try to get the anal. Like, <laughs> right, first right. shot gold medal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. Next girl. See ya. <laughs> Next purity, <No>. bitch. <laughs> Vaginal sex first. And then if he's like really good at it, yes, he's special. He deserves that little fucking ass. Then give that up. But fuck, <laughs> no, don't give up the butt first, girl. It's <laughs> a stupid move because then oh he's gonna marry you, and you think like he's real marriage material. Wedding night, you got cum dripping out of your ass at the altar. Put it inside your pussy. No, he's still gonna flip you over. And he's still going to stick it in your asshole. He's still going in the butt. So, yeah. He's used really to that. He's not so great precedent. You got him loving the that butt. The thing I wanted to touch on were this purity ball situation. Oh, I'm and excited like about said, this. My friend who's dad. Oh, God. He <laughs> gave all the blowjobs. Like daddy-daughter dance. Aww. You guys, this is really creepy. Did she a suck bunch a bunch of grown-ass of men there? shouldn't be bringing their little girl daughters into a fucking church basement. Like you're going to the fucking prom together. I didn't together. even realize like, it was a church basement. Yeah, that's where they do all the churchy things in the basement. It's really, really sick. Yeah. Maybe people are like, oh, you're the one who's making it sick by saying it's sick. Nope, I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. That's creepy as fuck. If you're one of the guys who's ever brought your daughter to a purity ball, I promise you, your friends have all talked behind your back about what a creep you are. You didn't do this with your dad, Slim? Have you posted, like, pictures up? on I, Facebook or Instagram? I feel like, these repressed me memories coming back slowly but surely. Church dance. <laughs> yeah, your friends have you flagged as potential pedophile. Yeah. And they're yeah. really, really leaning into definite pedophile. <laughs> Only in like a church and people are like, yeah, that's normal. That's it's not normal. Yeah. It's not yeah, normal. It's weird. Just don't, so weird. Just don't. Daddy Dor- oh. Cool. Oh. You want to raise your kids to Promise me the church. So, you're you're so not going to get a dick in your pussy until you get married. As a woman, so um, it's literally this, this. Make choices about your oh, own right. body. You should be making choices about your own body. But you've got to understand. You're not better than the rest of us. Because you haven't opened your legs <laughs> and let him stick it into your fucking pussy. Nice. You're just dumber than the rest of us girls. <laughs> yeah. so make a guy fucking work for the asshole. Gotta work for the yeah. butthole. Give up that ass. Do it. Fucking amazing. I love anal sex. But you don't start there. Right. And you certainly don't start there 
and use it as an excuse for why you're still a virgin. Because <laughs> <laughs> I call bullshit. Yeah. You can pretend to be all chaste and innocent. But don't be a liar. You're letting a guy bust his nut in your <laughs> asshole. Probably on your tits. And tell me you haven't gotten it on your face. <laughs> is that what Jesus wants? <laughs> he does. WWJT. The truth is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're just using anal sex as an excuse. An excuse saying you're still a virgin. There was a site, too, not. called, like, Technical Virgin. You're like, just a slut. I like the rest Years of ago, us. and that was a girl's vowing to just Okay, this jobs. is Ryder Doll. Hit me up on Twitter at Fort Ryder Doll. And check me out on RyderDoll.com. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Ryder. Thank you, Ryder. Wait, what were the you best. saying that they, they, a website where they just vowed to give blowjobs and nothing else? Hey, like, yeah, the thing. technical version that guy had. It was like back in the early 2000s or late 90s. The fuck is that? It's like, what are you playing? Who's coming <laughs> over? Like, it's like know. traffic, asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ, turn the game down, you piece of shit. You're picking up like the fucking, you, the bus crashing into Lucas's. <laughs> Bedroom, don't don't fuck with anything. You just told me to turn the. I was down. joking. It was a fucking joke, asshole. Now no one's going to hear us. I didn't know us. if you were serious or not. No. I was turning the game down on my mic, not on yeah, yours. Yeah, fuck your mic. Mute that shit. <laughs> All right, Mute that fine. shit. I'm muted. I guess I'm play uh, <laughs> play the pickle Rick rap. Right. Now we're gonna break this shit's amazing. None like Joshua. So fucking good. This dude is so, he fucking just slays it, dude. And the beat's amazing too. All right. So pickle good. So good. I've listened uh, to this so many times. Be, before we do this, though, I just can't get this image of, like, a bunch of grown oh. men at a ball with their little girl. It's just grown men and little girls. And That's there's, like, a ceremony. The pastor, it's kind of like, uh, like a, a wedding where, yeah, you take these vows, oh, like, fucking creepy. to your father. Yeah. And I guess there's other people in the, in the congregation, in the audience or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, it's like a wedding. Like, they have it. It's fucking creepy. All right. Pickle Rick rap. Pickle Rick! Pickle Rick! <laughs> Morty. You're not gonna regret it. The payoff is huge. I don't need your help when I'm in a pickle. You see myself as superficial. I scream to hell with all your psychoanalytical. Why else? Cause the shit is cool. These cats think I'm a snake to fool my whole fan, but I don't obey the rules until I sail away into the sewers maneuver through caca. Seducing to use kukurat. Just moving the brine as a blood in my carcass. Moving the minds with my tongue when I'm talking. I'm mad when they ask if I'm salty. The fact is, the pet's riding on me. No, it's not magic, it's simple biology. Massacre rest when I build me a body. These humans are so dumb and stupid, they come to my world since they love execution I must be the rudest destruction and ruin with no luck, it's useless I'm killing this Russian collusion hey! 
Gotta get that parkour So then your starters <laughs> like Dark 4 With the battery like a galaxy smartphone To the Jaguar Smarts with the armed force Start to wonder what the hell they'll be fought for All those other was caught behind locked doors Now the boss about to get another encore Give the money and power, get her stop the war They know that I'm a big deal Now kosher when these pigs squeal I'll flow like blood will get spilled Leave a sour taste of your lips still My vinegar's gotta stay trill The jerk of the girk if you ain't chill And if you weren't sure about my name still I'm, I'm, I'm Pickle I'm Pickle Rick Yes, I'm very sick I don't need a therapist I kill them all like terrorists Yeah, I'm Pickle Rick I don't care for kids Tell me where's the exit Oh, I'm putting holes in parents Pickle Rick Yeah, I'm Pickle Rick Yes, I'm very sick I don't need a therapist I kill them all like terrorists Yeah, I'm Pickle Rick I don't care for kids Tell me where's the exit Oh, I'm putting holes in parents Pickle Rick Ladies, take joy in this play toy Cause you know that a pickle gotta stay moist that was fucking awesome, man. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's got amazing flaws. Oh, that, that yeah, dude. Really... He just slayed it. He kills it. Like, yeah. Fucking murked it. So good. So good. Fucking great. Yeah, bitches. But we'll be back with some other shit. So listen to these ads. Of a purity ball. Yeah, yeah. We got a purity <laughs> ceremony next. Uh, sleepy whatever is going to do the ceremony. Do the honors. He's going to marry Slim and, and his father. I'm going to go get saddlebacked in a minute. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Ryder Doll. I know what you're thinking. With all the porn out there, who's looking for phone sex? Well, I'll tell you who. Tens of thousands of totally normal guys just like you who felt lonely or, you know, and needed something different to get them off. So whether you're curious how to make me your hot little fuck toy for the night or you're absolutely desperate to make me your girlfriend. Check me out on RyderDoll.com. That's R-Y-D-E-R-D-O-L-L.com. Click the tab for deals and promotions. And just for hearing me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes to use in our first call. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause on the porn and visit me on RyderDoll.com. I can't wait to make you blow a huge load and to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> this is horror author Isaac Thorne. Do you love Halloween? I have a new collection of short tales of dark horror that I guarantee will set you on edge. Road Kills features 11 short tales of dark comic horror and one spine-tingling screenplay. Right now you are safe. Just don't forget about what's waiting for you between the pages of my new book. <laughs> Road Kills is available for order now from Amazon.com and other retailers in either paperback or ebook formats. It's there. It's waiting for you. Enjoy the ride. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. 
Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type ROB for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code ROB, R-O-B, ROB, at adamandeve.com. We're back. What's going on? I got a comment real quick. Uh, a Big D has Big said, uh, uh, Slim has sucked some purity balls once wrong. I have never sucked any purity balls. I don't do that clean shit. Only dirty hobo balls and that's it. Ah. All right, get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Big D in the hizzy, in the hizzy house. We also got Sleepy Lucas in the his house. We do. Uh, should we start with the bedtime story or should we start with the drizz things? That's a, that's a tough one. What does uh, Sleepy Lucas want to do? You're, you're the executive intern now. You make the executive decision. Well, the first thing that was sent to me was drizz things, so ah, we it off. So, all right. That's, that makes sense. He's uh, in perfect working order. Let's see the drizz sayings. You guys ready? I am ready. Yo, 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 I'm kind of ready. Just give me a little bit. I need a little bit of time. You know me. No, I got to get pretty right good. Uh, all right. Fucker. Starting right the fuck now. <laughs> and now it's time for Driz Sings the Hits. Rake it up. Yo Gotti, featuring Nicki Minaj. Ah, this is strip club anthem nigga, what's up? Young money, yeah, me and Mike will pull up to OAOD back to back them AMG 63s. Mike will made it nigga. I tell all my hoes, rake it up, break it down. Bag it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. Back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. Rake it up, rake it up, rake it up, rake it up, rake it up. Back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. I tell all my hoes what? Rake it up, break it down, bag it up, bag it up, bag it up, fuck 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 it up. Fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. Rake it up, rake it up, rake it up. I made love to a stripper, stripper. First I had to tip her. Twenty thousand ones, whoa. She said I'm that nigga, I am. I said I'm that nigga, bitch. I already know it, I know it. I come with bad weather. They say I'm a storm. Ah, WS. In my charm, that's a Rockefeller chain. I was sending bricks to Harlem back when Jay was still with Dame. I'm in Philip Chow. What? I got a Patrick on. Okay, got a got a stripper with me. She picked up the check home. She gonna fuck it up, fuck it up. Fuck it up, she don't need make up, make up. She gonna rake it up, rake it up, rake it up. She gonna tell a nigga, pay it up, pay it up, 
She said, pay for the pussy, pay for the pussy, pay. Wait for the pussy, wait for the pussy, wait. Ask God to forgive me, why? Cause I prayed for the pussy, prayed for the pussy. I tell all my hoes, rake it up, break it down, bag it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, rake it up, rake it up, rake it up, rake it up. I tell all my hoes what rake it up, back it down, bag it up, bag it up, bag it up, fuck 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 it up, rake it up, rake it up, rake it up. Yo, yo, brought out the pink Lamborghini just to race with China. Brought the race to China just to race in China. Little bad Trini bitch, but she mixed with China. A real thick vagina smuggled two bricks to China. Woo! I tell all my niggers, yo, cut the check, cut the check. Bust it down, turn your goofy down, down pound. I'ma do splits on it, yes. Splits on it, splits. I'm a bad bitch, I'ma throw fits on it, fits. I'ma bust it open, I'm gonna go stupid and be a dicks on it, dicks. I don't hate honey, no, cookie on tsunami, oh. All my niggers wife me once they get that good panani, yo. I think he need a bonnie, I might just let him find me. Never trust a big butt and a smile, word to Ronnie. Rip, rip, rep, queens like Supreme, ask Webb and Nettie. Ass, ass, Bimmy and Joe, nigga, run me my dough. Wrist game is freezing like it wait in the cold. Nickname is Sleepy, but my name ain't Sleepole. Name ain't Sleepole, girl. I tell all my hoes, break it up, break it down, bag it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, rake it up, rake it up, rake it up. Rake it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. I tell all my hoes, what? Rake it up, break it down, bag it up, bag it up, fuck 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 it up, rake it up, rake it up, break it up. Well, I'm the dough boy, the one they talking about. The one they talking about, all these gossiping ass niggas got my name in their mouth. I know the bad bitches, but no niggas who bitches too. They should be, they should bleed once a month, cause that's what these bitches do. What a <coughs> bitch. And yo, bitch should expose you. All that pillow talking nigger, that's what the hoes do. You are. Word to my nigga short You won't never write no statement We ain't showing up in court Bitch We don't do no gossiping We don't do no arguing We don't beef on social sites We just hit our target We don't do no rumors Rumors We don't play no shooters Brr You a little bitty bitch You should work at Hooters Yeah You a old hater You a fucking cougar you a bitch and he a bitch and you all like twin sisters respect your hustle get your money baby win with us your boyfriend acting like a bitch then why you still with him i tell all my hoes rake it up break it down bag it up 
Fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. Back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. Rake it up, rake it up, rake it up, rake it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. I told all my hoes what? Rake it up, break it down, bag it up, bag it up, bag it up, fuck it up. Fuck it up, 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 rake it up, rake it up, rake it up. Perfect. So good. Good shit. I think the only thing we can count it out with is a little audio ambient in the form of a bedtime story. Yes. It's the only thing that'll, that'll, that'll level me out right now <laughs> that was too many endorphins <laughs> not to be confused with too many rapes <clears throat> ah, let's see where is that intro yeah, right here it's a good one it's sci-fi tonight so any of you oh, I am a huge nerds or fans yeah. whatever, just, just stay tuned right now Now it's time for bedtime stories with <sighs> Sleepy Lucas. Tonight's story is Sleepy Lucas Strokes Back. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, lived a slobbering, drooling, narcoleptic farm boy named Sloop Lucas Skywalker. Lucas Skywalker lived uh, with his crusty aunt and uncle on their dirt farm on this city dried out planet where they would fill cups with his drool to sell to the neighboring villagers who would drink that gross ass shit for sustenance. But one day, some stupid robot named Slim 3PO <laughs> came to visit him. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the eccentric, weird, r- rose gold robot was blathering on about some dumb twat with, her, with stupid hair and some stupid man in a nasty, tattered robe. But Lucas Skywalker was asleep for most of the babbling. When he awoke, he was on some ship with the obnoxious homosexual robot, another robot who looked like a butt plug, a guy named Han Solo, and a giant monkey. He put his head on the monkey's crotch and fell fast asleep again. The next thing he knew, he was in a completely different ship with a morning erection and there was a guy with a black helmet and a cape. The guy took off his helmet and looked like a burn victim. Then he told the sleepy dirt farmer he was his father. Lucas's hard-on got even harder, so he jerked it off fiercely and aimed it at his creepy old dad. The money shot went into the old fucker's eyes, who proceeded to stumble backwards and fell into some electricity shit or something like that. It was just then that in this realm of reality, a doctor pulled the plug on a coma victim named Lucas Slurp Talker, who flatlined. Then the orderly who was ordered to haul his body off to the morgue raped his dead body. But that's a story for another time. Or is it? 
<laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah. I fucking loved it. <laughs> that was a whole it. series uh, all in one. That was a good one. At least one. the first two movies, I think. I think so, I think that's yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <sighs> what should we do? Chisel uh, News? Yeah, we can do some Too many rapes news. after the break. All right. Or too many rapes now. Uh, I don't know. I feel like like the three. Like we could do too rapes? many rapes. Yeah, because we, right. drizzle, we did the drizz. We did Sleepy Lucas, and now we do TMR. You're pushing it. All right, TMR. <laughs> we love pushing it. <laughs> Slim does at the purity ball. I do. I push uh. it. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> pushes those balls in his mouth. Yeah, my fucking oil. Is this the beginning? Where is, where is the script? I don't know. I thought that was that was the first thing I've. Cued, but okay, it is the first. All right, ready. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the mayoral office had been exceedingly stenuous on Frankie, along with failing economy of Rapesville. The city funded mobile medical meth labs have been draining tax money just as fast as his quadrupling of his salary. With everywhere outrun with rapists, all the non-rapist citizens hid inside their houses. So they weren't even out spending money. Soon it was going to be the rapist against a rapist for sure. He shot up at his desk like he always did every morning and was hell-bent on devising a plan to boost the failing economy for the city. Jesus, you need to read the copy first before you go translating, you idiot. Take that part out. One year ago, a crackhead named Brian Rioni was rightfully sentenced to prison for driving while shooting up getting in a car accident, and raping all the first responders. Today, he's in too many rapes penitentiary. If you need to fuck somebody and don't want to pay for it, look up his personal ad on Craigslist. It's too many rapes. Too Many Rapes is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello? Hey, hey, jackass. It's me, Frankie. Get Brian in your office right now. I'll be down there any minute. He's already here. I'm fucking him. You would be, you piece of shit. I'll see you in a few minutes. You fucked hard. Uh, uh, Brian, Frankie said he's coming uh, to, here to speak to you. Oh, uh, you better come in my ass then quick, you small cock piece of garbage! <laughs> Uh, 
put some clothes on, you fucking creeps. I have something I want I want you to do for me, Brian. Here, take these. Brian opened a briefcase handed to him by Frankie. He was so shocked what at what was inside that he fought it out the warden's fresh cum all over the slurpy idiot's lap. Why are you giving me these razor-sharp surgery tools, Mr. Mayor? I'm, I'm gonna need you to start cutting organs out of the other inmates, you, you little fairy. I'm t- t- talking about, uh, like, livers, spleens, and gallbladders. Anything you can get your grimy little hands on. Uh, also, there's uh, a book to show you uh, where to incise them, as well as a metric shit ton of tranquilizers and needles. Uh, don't even think about shooting them up yourself. I tried it, and trust me, it's not pretty. Warden, have your guards assist him, and don't forget to put everything on ice, you dumb fuckers. Okay, Okay, Mr. Mayor. During the weeks that followed, Brian had amassed a whole bunch of organs Frankie was picking up and selling in South America. Everything was going according to plan, but Brian was wondering if he was doing the right thing or not. Here's another bucket, Warden. But is this the right thing to do? Well, Ryan, it absolutely isn't right under normal circumstances. But if you stop, I'm sure the mayor will order some harsh punishment for you, as well as revoking yours and maybe even myself's heroin shipments that we are so reliant on. So in this case, is the right fucking thing to you, you stupid pussy. Good, because I'm kind of starting to really enjoy it. I've also been raping all the victims, which is fun too. I've been getting raging hard-ons when I slice them open. I think I'll take your liver and your asshole too, you stupid bastard. And with that, Brian tranquilized the warden and cut out his liver, then fucked him angrily to came. A moments later, the office door slammed open, and an angry mayor addressed them. Uh, God damn it, you sick fuck. I've made a surplus of tax money selling these organs you've been fetching. Uh, The revenue should keep the city going for a few years, plus this warden's liver is shot to shit. Look how black it is. Uh, you can stop now. Nobody will buy retard's organs. But it's the only way I've been able to come lately, Frankie. Uh, Jesus Christ, that's too many rapes. Help me. (laughs) And so the next time on Too Many Rapes. Brian, I need you to tell me why you've been smearing your name and shit all over the prison. It's not me, Warden, I swear! God damn it, then who is it, you piece of shit wrapped in skin? (laughs) It must be the Mad Crapper! (laughs) Good shit, good shit. Yeah, cunts! And then that's all the other ones playing because I didn't realize there were other ones. Yeah, but we're going to break. Alright, we'll be back. Listen, listen live, listen large, listen every, every fucking Wednesday, 
you fucks. Where's my ads? Here we go. Hey, it's Ryder, your favorite little phone sex doll. Let's get real for a moment. When was the last time you had a girl down on her knees worshiping your fucking perfect cock? Over on Night Flirt, my friends and I, we take really, really good care of you. We are real girls offering real connections over the phone and through personal messaging. We have it all. Whether you're looking for dirty talk, role plays, or even just a friend to talk to, call me. Don't worry. Your wife, your girlfriend, your friends, they're never going to find out. Nothing will ever show up on your phone bill, so you can be sure your dirty little secrets are safe with me. Sign up for nightflirt.com. And if you hit me up on Twitter at FlirtRiderDoll and let me know that you heard me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes for you to get a hold of the perfect little cocksucker of your dreams. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type ROB for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code ROB, R-O-B, ROB, at adamandeve.com. This is horror author Isaac Thorne. Do you love Halloween? I have a new collection of short tales of dark horror that I guarantee will set you on edge. Roadkills features 11 short tales of dark comic horror and one spine-tingling screenplay. Right now you are safe. Just don't forget about what's waiting for you between the pages of my new book. Roadkills is available for order now from Amazon.com and other retailers in either paperback or ebook formats. It's there. It's waiting. For you. Enjoy the ride. What's up, fuckers? What is going on? Getting yeah. some drizzle news. Drizzle news in your face. Some, all right. So do we want this one here? Face. Um, yeah. All right. Do. Start with that. And then which one's next? Um, trying to read. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that first. This one? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's a fun time. I love live drizzle news prepping. It's so suspenseful. Yeah. <laughs> um, Texas. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's Going a good one. Texas. <laughs> Going um, Texas so, FTW. So what a win. This, this and this. All right. Whenever. All right. Playlists. Uh, let's see here. All right. 
right. Mom allegedly kills her two daughters and tell husbands, Babe, I just shot the kids. Honey, I shot the kids. Oh. Yo, 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 I wrote that movie in 1992. She stole that shit from me. You gonna sue her, Chris? Hell yeah, I'm suing that bitch. A Texas woman arrested earlier Thursday morning for allegedly shooting her two daughters while they slept. Shoot a bunga. Sarah Nicole Henderson, 29 years young, allegedly shot her little ones, Kaylee Danielle, 7, and Kel- Kenley, 5. Kenley, why do you have a half a boy's name? <laughs> Henderson's husband and stepfather to the girls, Jacob Henderson, called the police at their home near Mabank, Texas, for the second time that evening. What are you going to get here? These daughters of mine are dead, he said. Jacob made a prior call to 911 on Wednesday, 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 about 11.30 p.m. to report that his wife was possibly suicidal, CBS News report. At least it wasn't wavy again. My wife, she's like, I don't know, I don't know, Jacob told the dispatcher in the first call, she won't listen to me, she won't listen to reason, she's a fucking woman! Estrogen for the win. When deputies responded, the couple reported, no problems here. Everything's fine, officer. Nothing to see here, you fucking pigs. Three hours later, Jacob called again, this time frantically telling police that his wife had shot her two daughters. Well, you shouldn't lie to them in the first place, you fucking stupid-ass Jacob. Shut your Jacob hole and tell the truth. The AP reported Jacob could be heard sobbing, sobbing like a bitch in the call saying she was asleep and I went to sleep and I woke up and she came, she came in there and said, babe, I shot the cat <laughs> and I didn't want to believe it. I went in there and they were dead a bunga. <laughs> Yo, that bitch doesn't tell lies, Jacob. Don't have kids with that bitch next time! One dead, several injured, and shooting on a party bus, party bunga. In Santa Monica, multiple gunmen sought, sought for the win. Yo, 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 Drizzle Bees now on party buses. Did you drizzle on that bus that night, Driz? Yo, of course I did. I drizzle on all the shooting. Why aren't you the story of your own witness? A shooting on a party bus in Santa Monica, Ocean Avenue. Early Saturday, left one person dead and three others injured. And authorities are still searching for multiple gunmen. Officers responded to reports of shots fired about 1 a.m. on the Ocean Avenue, Colorado Avenue, near Santa Monica Pier. Santa Monica Pier for the win. Police said one gunshot victim was found on the scene. You're shot, motherfucker. What are you? What are you gonna do about it? You're, you're still at the scene. What the fuck? Why? Why are you here? The driver of the party bus drove the vehicle to police station within three other gunshot victims on board, taking all these gunshot victims to the police. According to the police, the police know they came there because they were in the police parking lot. They're smart, those police. Aren't they smart, Driz? Yo, 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 they are smart motherfuckers. You give them free drizzles down at the Drizzlebees for being yo, so yo, smart. Yo, 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 police get all the free drizzles they want at Drizzlebees. Police for the win. One person was treated on the scene. The three others were left suffering and transported to a local hospital for treatment. 
because those police couldn't take care of that one. Those other three, they only could take care of the one. One identified female died from her injuries. You're dead, bitch. What do you got to say now? You thought you were partying. Now you're dead. Don't get on a party bus in Santa Monica Boulevard. Ocean Avenue is blocked off. So you look at the back, Chris. Is it coming? Is this, is this wavy? Yo, 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 is that fucking Levy? I fucking hate that motherfucking bastard! Yo, fucking Wavy last week got more sales than I did, and I blame these Robin Slim motherfuckers for even talking about him! I gotta get Wavy on! He's my new henchman! He's my new sidekick! You're not even a sidekick, sidekick, Chris! <laughs> North Texas man arrested after two women slain in parking lot. Was added to the party buster before. Willow Park, Texas. Police say a North Texas man has been arrested in the fatal shooting of two women in the bank parking lot. The money. You gotta kill him for the money, right, Driz? Yo, yo, you always kill motherfuckers for the money. You do everything for the money. Cash money. It's all on people for the money. Willow Park police. Chief Carrie West. Is that a woman? They can't be police chiefs, right? Jesus, what's going on in this world anymore? Yeah, so- I don't know, man. It's sickening to me. <laughs> you got a good point there, Driz. Keep it up. You must have good work. They all love you down the precincts. Except for the ones the women runs. Says 33-year-old Christopher Mark Wall of nearby Waterford on, uh, arrested on Sunday after charge of capital murder of multiple persons. The shootings happened Saturday night in Willow Park, 20 miles, which is also 32 kilometers west of Fort Worth. Party bus, town central. West says a man driving through the parking lot saw two bodies and called the police. There's two bodies in this parking lot, you fucking pig. Get out, get over here. Authorities are investigating. If Wall knew the woman, whose name, yeah, you called, you, you gotta know that, you fucking dumb fuck, I'm a cop. Uh, so whose names weren't immediately released? Wes described them as young adults. Do you like the young adults, Driz? No, no comment. Jail records. Don't list an attorney from Wall. Who was held without bond after being arrested in his parents' home? What does his parents do wrong, Driz? Yo, his parents fucking named him Wall. What do you think they did wrong? Uh, you got a good point there, Driz. <laughs> you got a good point. You're almost as smart as those cops. <laughs> good Driz on That was. <laughs> The Drizz is in uh, rare, rare form today. Oh, you followed by. I hope he's ready for December 13th. So <laughs> I gotta say, it's a teaser. <laughs> I don't think that could fucking do that justice. Is uh, some celebrity news to gossip. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess go with that. Well, th- oh, those wow. are pictures of. Uh, blow the uh, uh, story above it. Above the pictures. Nah! Above the pictures. No! Pi- above the pictures, which is less. Oh. Pictures are less. And oh, the story okay. above the pictures. Oh, but- I see. Alright. All right. We just gonna do this one? Uh, we can start, but there might be more. We got 20 minutes. Alright. So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, go to the others. And do, uh, um, blah, blah, blah. I guess do that one above it. And then the JD. JD. Good old JD in his house. So here, here. All right. And then I'll just click to the pictures. Yeah, I was going to say I could bring them up too. All right.
This is Slim Celebrity Gossipy News. Oh, yeah. What is going on, guys? This is Slim, and I got some celebrity news for you. Breaking uh, news. Oh, this is breaking from news. Today. Yes. Yes, um, this is like, I would have never seen this coming. Charlie Sheen uh, categorically denies raping 13-year-old Corey Haim on the set of the movie Lucas uh. <laughs> after claims made by a friend of the late child actor. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's new allegations. Uh, let me read the bullet points. These Let's are, see. I guess, other things about him? Yeah, uh, new, new allegations have emerged about a 13-year-old Corey Haim being raped by Charlie Sheen while filming the 1986 movie Lucas. Former actor uh, Dominique... Ber- whatever, Dominic. Dominic. Brescia. Uh, alleges that Haim told him about his incident with Sheen and that wow. a 19-year-old Sheen rejected him after their encounter. Corey Feldman, Haim's closest friend, wrote in his memoir about Haim being sodomized on the set of Lucas, but never named Shane. Oh, man. Sheen. Yeah. Shane. Sheen. Uh, Additionally, it is alleged uh, Sheen kissed an underage woman who was 17 at the time on the set of Lucas and propositioned her for sex as well. A a defiant-looking Sheen emerged from his parents' home Wednesday smoking a cigarette after the bombshell allegations were made public. Wednesday after Sheen, who is now living with HIV, released a statement saying he categorically denies these allegations. Of course he does. He's not going to... He battled battled drug addiction for years and died in 2010 at... Finally, that stupid ad started playing. You just close it, right? It's been opening our guests up. I guess. Oh, yeah. But just like... It reloads. Yeah. No, now it's about Terry Crews. Terry Folds. <laughs> what about Terry Crews? Oh, we got a whole different story. What the more, fuck? I just like fell you into more bag? like uh, celebrity news here. Yeah, he died at uh, 38. At 38. 38 years old. young. Wow, man. She's being accused of sodomizing the 13 year old Corey Ham. And Corey Feldman, he, yeah. And Corey Feldman did say like a couple years ago that there were like several people in Hollywood who were still like big in Hollywood now. Mm. That that we're doing this to like him and Corey Haim. Yeah, it was uh, fucking crazy. Haim told me he had uh, sex with Sheen when they filmed Lucas. Brassel told the Inquirer uh, he told me they smoked pot and had sex. He said they had anal sex. Uh, Haim said after it happened, Sheen became very cold and rejected him. When Corey wanted to fool around again, oh, so Corey was down with it. Corey is DTF. Yeah, it sounds. Uh, Corey's it sounds, a part of sloppy party. It, it sounds bottom. like Corey sounds really. Like, wait, <laughs> I don't think we could be upset about this anymore. I don't know. He kind of wanted like, more. It, 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 it is fucked up. But yeah. then Corey Haim was like, "Yo, you should have just. I want to do this like, again. Like it was really good." Your butthole. I don't need anything else. And, like, yeah, and she was like, "No, uh, you, you should have let me know. have the." Yeah, I don't if know. you're fucking sitting there like sticking your ass out with it fucking held open and you're, you know, brown eye winking, like, yeah, if it's yawning at Charlie Sheen, like, you can't really say he raped him, though, right? Like, or unless he raped him first of all, they liked it. It doesn't sound like rape. It I sounds like know. It sounds like It doesn't sound like had sex. Ry- Brian Rioni style. I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, know. It sounds, I don't even know. This it's is a, getting, it might have been some kind of manipulative uh, thing on Sheen's part where he, because obviously, like, he was fucking 13 at the time. 
Where he's out of set and yeah. like, uh, Charlie Yeah, he was like underage. So that was wrong. But if you're begging for more, then I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, anymore. I mean, even at 13, wow. like, you you should... Yeah, like... Wow! Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's all took fucked a turn. up. <laughs> yeah, it took a turn for the, the worst. I don't know. Hame but me this does to... prove the purity thing where you don't yeah. give up your ass first. If he did some other stuff with Sheen, Sheen would have kept trying yeah. to try and Corey would have got some more. And if he just teased him with his mouth and yeah, like um, licked under happy. the helmets. So what we know is Sheen is a piece of shit mm. and uh, Corey Haim was a horny little kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all little kids are horny. According right. to Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Look at that Charlie Sheen yeah, smoking a, a cigarette that's while a angry. Out of his parents house. I didn't do shit. I didn't do shit. Look at my varicose Dude. veins. Iron Raven, you want more? That Corey Haim was like, man, I never had a dick as big as Charlie Sheen. He wanted more of it. I'm Charlie <laughs> winning. Hashtag winning. Tiger Hashtag blood. winning. <laughs> but I did see like uh, screenshots of his like divorce testimony where he was like threatening his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife that if she exposed his lifestyle. He was gonna come after her and shit. Like, mm. there's all sorts of crazy shit with this guy. He's fucking. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, I see this one here where I guess this is the wife saying he told me that I uh, I was prude and I was overreacting. He reiterated that there was nothing wrong with the sites that he was accessing, and that I need to turn my head and ignore it. The respondent then told me to go fuck myself and turned around and stormed out the house. Yeah. So he's obviously yeah. doing shit he shouldn't be doing. If, if you're being called out on it, like, yeah, you're you're probably wrong. And, and I so. guess she says uh, uh, here, I told him that if he continued his lifestyle, this would affect his relationship with the girls. His daughters. Okay. He, he became very angry and told me that this was my last warning. Wow. And that if I revealed anything about his lifestyle, you won't lay your head down. And wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a fucking straight up threat. Yeah. Wow. What also, a piece of shit. Also, he wanted me to simply forget about it and move forward. Responded promise that he wouldn't not be with prostitutes. However, he told me he was not going to give up his gambling or his por- pornography habits that I had. And then I had to accept it. And it's clear that he was looking at, like, Yeah, it had to be some fucked up shit. It It couldn't have even been normal shit if she was, like, cut it out. I told him that I discovered some pornography websites that which he belonged to, which I found very disturbing. Websites which promoted very young girls who looked underage to me with pigtails, braces, and no pubic hair performing oral sex with each other. I also told him about other websites I discovered that he accessed involving gay pornography, also involving very young men who did not look like adults. When I confronted the respondent with this information, he didn't deny it. I told him that as a mother, I found this very disturbing because we had two young daughters and I believed he had a serious problem which he needed to deal with and that he should not be around our children. At that point, I asked him if he had taken an AIDS test. He said he did. I asked to see the results and he told me to go fuck myself. Wow. This husband of the year. Jesus, fuck. And there's one more. Uh, It was my intention to discuss serious matters with the respondent during my trip and to try to understand why he was participating in certain activities which were repulsive to me and to convince him to seek help for the sake of our children. Prior to our trip I learned that he was accessing gay pornography sites which I found even more disturbing because I felt that the boys looked underage. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I almost (laughs) thought for a second she was like the child porn was okay but the gay sex... Oh, I was like overboard. That's where I draw the line. Uh, (laughs) What else is in the news? Oof. There's something else. Uh, yeah. I, um, <laughs> With Corey. 
Corey and uh, Alyssa Milano. Corey, uh, Corey Feldman, Shane Alstein defended Alicia Milano. Alyssa Milano. Uh, Holy Alicia, shit. Alyssa Milano from backlash over underage Hollywood sex abuse. What happened? Alicia Milano has been one of the staunchiest supporters. Staunchest. Staunchest. <laughs> Squanchiest supporters of those who have been victimized by people in powerful positions. Popularizing uh, Tarina Burke's hashtag MeToo hashtag campaign so women's stories of abuse and harassment can be heard. And yet, she is also a common target for her very outspokenness. Uh, The actress faced Twitter backlash on Sunday after saying she was unaware of any sexual abuse involving the boyfriend, Corey Haim. Then boyfriend, Corey Haim. Then boyfriend, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman during the heydays of their careers as child actors. So she didn't know. So people are pissed at her? Like, she, she said she just didn't see anything. I guess that's what it is. I thought it was more to this. But no, you can keep reading. Like, yeah, Feldman has been on a campaign to expose Hollywood's uh, underage abusers, recently revealing the names of two of the men who allegedly assaulted him. Haim died in uh, 2010, while Feldman and fellow former child star Sheen Alstein uh, defended Maloney. Maloney. Milano. Maloney. Maloney. Maloneyville. A number of Maloonigans <laughs> online cri- critics. Critters. Just, critters. Just don't believe she wasn't that <laughs> 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 Maloonigans critters. Hold on. Coming this fall to NBC <laughs> Kids. It's get better. She wasn't aware of underage abuse in Hollywood in her younger years. Even Rose McGowan. <laughs> Hirsch McLuigans to deep, deeper. Mr. McLuigans had to dig deeper in her bottle. Come on. Step out of the system. I was reading what McGooligan said. Why are you <laughs> defending McGooligans over here? You're talking about... We're talking about the Rape Brothers. What else McGoohan. is going on? Um, Richard Simmons. In the stories, is it? Oh, it is! Richard Simmons! What's going on with this? Wasn't he like last said he was a tranny and he's like I'm not because I'm a guy I got a dick. It just said Richard Simmons that be uh, 2020k. Thank you. <laughs> so he made 220,000. Richard Simmons just got the tab for the for, uh, for the National Enquirer lawsuit. Oh, so which he, had he lost. He had and lost. it could set him back well over 200,000. TMZ has learned. National Enquirer and its parent company, American uh, Media, just filed docs detailing how much their attorneys charged for the uh, defamation case, and they say the grand total exceeds 221,888. So he sued them, and now he's got to pay for their legal fees. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. Because they call them a tranny? I, I think that's what I think so. You will recall Richard sued the tabloid, claiming it defamed him with a story saying he was transitioning to becoming a woman. Yes. When the court ruled in favor of the Inquirer, wow. Richard was ordered to pay the But if it's not true, fee. how did he lose? Yeah. I don't get it. Like, is it true? Uh, of course, he also had to pay his attorney, yeah. And I... we broke the story. Yeah, we did. We told us. Yeah, we did read this. We, I'm trying to figure out. Story. I don't know. How could he lose, though? They yeah, are. They defamed know. him. They do. Like, that's what they did. Like, <laughs> wow. 
Wow. They told a lie, yeah. Is it a tranny like judge a or something? Like That's what I'm thinking where it's like saying like like they're be, be, don't don't be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, Richard. don't be ashamed. Just be the tranny you are. You hate you're you're transphobic because yeah. you're you're not That's okay it. with it. That's you're an old fashioned fag. You you know, you gotta be a tranny now. You're not cool anymore, Richard Simmons. Was Richard Simmons ever cool? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Don't you remember? Ball sweat of the oldies. <laughs> His ball sweat. Yeah, he was cool in '85. No, he wasn't. He was never cool. What was that? It he was, was like one other story. I think that was just a regular. Oh uh, yeah, oh, that's kind of shitty. That he also. <laughs> I know that is really, really shitty. Oh no, maybe there wasn't. Meek Mill. No. Oh, the Larry David thing. That was just ridiculous. He did. He hosted SNL. He uh, he uh told a joke or two or three and it was just it was harmless and like yeah just as far as comedy goes it's yeah. just ladies and gentlemen uh, Larry, people are offended people are very very triggered by Larry David I'll try to cut forward to the, to the joke that really offended people uh it was, uh, one was about all the sexual predators in Hollywood being Jews, and he just said he wanted to be a good Jew. I guess people are offended at that. The big difference in dating now is that I used to keep a condom in my wallet. Now I just have a little booklet listing which fish have the highest. Let me see. Let me see. And I have three words to say to that. Oivejmir. Yeah, I think that's the end of that joke. But then this next one is people are really offended over. I don't like it when Jews are in the headlines for notorious reasons. I want Einstein discovers the theory of relativity. Sock cures polio. What I don't want? Weinstein took it out. (laughs) What's wrong with that? This is funny. It's 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 observational. I know I consistently strive to be a good Jewish representative. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable, Larry. It's funny. And he's just saying, like, Weinstein has given other Jewish people a bad name. (laughs) I want them to say, oh, there goes a fine Jew for you. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret, come here. Come here. I want you to meet this wonderful Jew. (laughs) Nothing stereotypical about him. (laughs) If not for the self-deprecation and the irritable bowel syndrome, you'd never know in a million years. (laughs) That's cool. That's that's great. We're fucking offended by that. That's, yeah. You know, I've always... Always been obsessed with women. And Here we go. Everybody get, I've often wondered, get prepared. This is very if I, offensive. If I'd grown up in Poland when Hitler came to power and was sent to a concentration camp, would I still be checking out women in the camp? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. That's just. Shlomo. Shlomo. It could have happened. Oh, my God. Shlomo. He would have been checking out a chick with Shlomo. I've had my eye on her for weeks. <laughs> I've been, I, I'd like to go up and say something to her. Of course, the problem is, there are no good opening lines in a concentration camp. <laughs> He's just nodding. What, what are they mad about? You're giving Holocaust victims a bad name. They wouldn't, they wouldn't check out women. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was such a horrible like, okay? incident. Yeah, it was, but you still would probably have a sex you know, drive. If they yeah. didn't cut your balls off, of those fucking Nazis. Yeah. I'd love to take you out for some latkes. <laughs> <laughs> you like latkes? 
What? What'd I say? The best comedy is the shit you shouldn't is be laughing at. Or is it the yeah. whole thing? But he made it funny, he did. It's because I'm bald, isn't it? <laughs> he anyway, he we're did gonna have a great show tonight. That they're applauding, yeah, but everybody else. The internet. It's a, like that. Comedy can't be comedy anymore if somebody felt a little uncomfortable. Yeah. For that. But we have a great show, so stick around. <clears throat> stick around. Play some songs. Some songs. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer, and again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-218-4909. 800-218-4909. 800-218-4909. Again, that's 800-218-4909. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-510-0338. You're listening to the Rob and fucking Slim Show, faggots. Robin Slim Show. Hey, yo, what's up, Robin Slim? How you doing? This is Kenny. What's going on, Kenny? Just give us a moment. We're just uh, sitting down, uh, getting some beers and stuff like that, and we'll be with you. All right, man? <laughs> oh, sweet. Can I have a beer? Uh, yeah, I'll try to, like, get one through the internet to you. <laughs> Kenny! <laughs> Kenny! Yeah. Before I... I... What's that? Just fax one to me. Yeah, I'll fax you a beer. <laughs> Before I uh, butcher it, your last name is it pronounced Lou? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, I thought so. Kenny Lou, you're an actor. You're from LA. You, you, you've been doing some big things, man. Big things. Yeah, yeah, man. I've been very, very blessed. Very blessed. That's amazing. Cool. I, I read that you were you were born in Taiwan, but you grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, was it difficult growing up, being you know from um, Taiwan? It was, all right. it was all right growing up. My 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 upbringing actually was very diverse. So so it was pretty it was pretty interesting uh, growing up in the Bay Area. Like everybody's kind of used to like seeing people of color like everywhere. Okay, yeah, well, I grew up in North Jersey, like ten minutes from New York City. I still remember yeah. my friend uh, Casey. He was from, uh, I think he was from uh, Taiwan, 
was it Taiwan or, uh, yeah. or one? Yeah, I think it was Taiwan. And I remember like his whole family, like they would just walk together just to like 7-Eleven to get milk, like the grandmother. And we'd be like, what's going on, dude? Why, <laughs> why are you guys doing it? He's like, that's just what we do. Like the, the all the siblings yeah. and they would just all walk together. He was, that's cool. he was one of my best friends though. He's so cool. So cool. But yeah, oh, like awesome. I, I remember he said like they always did things together. And like, I remember we'd always hang out at his house. And they would always, that's why I didn't know if like language is a problem because he didn't have any problems, but his whole family spoke Taiwanese. Uh, That's awesome. Did he, did he grow up in Taiwan and then move to North Jersey or or was he, did he, was he born in the U.S.? I, he either, I think he was born over there, but just like you came over like as a baby. So I guess he had like, you know, learned uh, English in school and, you know, he, he, he assimilated and all that you know but i remember his, his dad was not there a lot of years like he would be there he would come and visit but i think he was also taking care of his parents over over in like taiwan so he'd go back and forth all the time oh are you for real dude? yeah That's, yeah yeah so I, I didn't know if you had any any similar uh situation like that or anything like that because no no my my parents came over here when they were in graduate school oh, okay. uh, they studied tech and uh came over to the united states basically you know wanting wanting to live a better life and and yeah although i was born there my my big sister was born in the united states my mom just wanted me to be born in the motherland you know and so she went back <laughs> oh they to went back just me. <laughs> yeah 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 and it's crazy too because then like wow. in taiwan there's this whole deal with you know china and they don't really like each other um and so so taiwan oh. is is was still has this thing where you know if you're born in taiwan you're taiwanese citizen you turn 18 you got to serve in the military okay you know and um, i i narrowly avoided that because i was in school here at the time and and they came to my grandma's house looking for me and my grandma was like uh he's not here (laughs) wow oh my god (laughs) wow (laughs) wow but i saw i saw you study uh you studied wushu, which is Chinese martial arts, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. How does that differ from like the other arts? Um, well, wushu in Chinese martial arts differ from most other martial arts in the sense that it's very, it's very acrobatic, it's very cinematic, it's very like, it's very expressive. You know, it mm. the the style that I did. There's no combat, but then it's like it's like the slow routine of gymnastics where. There's a lot of like flips you have to do. You have to stick these landings. You get a you get a zero through ten score at the end of your routine, and it basically evolved from like when um, soldiers would have to basically show off for their superiors or like their general, like how how good their their martial arts abilities are by the way that they move, rather than like actually fighting anybody. Wow! So it, it was like a it's like a very performance based art, but incredibly like. I've I've never been in better condition than when I was competing for that sport. Even though I played like basketball, football, soccer, and stuff uh, when I was in school. Do they have like a belt class like other other martial arts? No, no. Like what? I'm, and I don't know if it's a result of the the sport not being very organized. Um, um, but there's no belts at all. The only way that you know if somebody's good, like our equivalent of a black belt, 
is if you've heard that person's name before, <laughs> like in the competitive wow. circuit. Like, <laughs> oh shoot, he's blah 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 from Oregon, or shoot, he's from blah 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 from North Jersey wow. or something. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool because you you feel like a you feel like a badass uh, walking around to the tournaments and stuff. <laughs> did, did have you ever used it in real life or in your acting? Man, uh, definitely my acting in real life. It's like. I'm in such good condition that generally, general people don't don't mess with you. <laughs> right, um, that's you also, good. That's the way to you be. You also pick up the other. What's up? I said that's the way to be. Yeah, you you don't want to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the <laughs> way to be. You don't want to really fight anybody. Yeah. At the same time, it's kind of it's kind of in a way it's kind of like the ballet of martial arts. Like the movements that you you do for wushu are so complex and so outstretched and so like dynamic that picking up another martial art like like boxing or kickboxing is which is kind of what i do now um was very quick to pick up cool so your fundamentals are are totally there you know how to use your hips you know how to use your waist you know how to use your legs and like it's 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 bizarre to kind of explain Mm. but yeah it's like a fundamental um art that helps translate into other martial arts and especially That's on cool. screen, like almost everybody that um, I was competitive with uh, when I was still competing in that sport, I would say 75% of the people are not stunt people or, um, or people that are actors now. Um, it's, it's, it's such a natural transition or, or stunt coordinators, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. That's so, amazing. Yeah, That's it's, really it's cool. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, and um, I saw too. You it said you uh, you originally went to um, school for um, what was it? Uh, mechanical engineering. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, what made you go into acting? Like, had you always wanted to be an actor? Like, was it a scary leap going from working in that field to to acting? Like, yeah, how did that yeah. go down? Yeah, that's a really good question because I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm not gonna you know just drop. Because I had a successful career in engineering prior to even doing uh, acting. I saw that you had and, a startup and you sold it successfully. Like you did really good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man, it, it's uh, it's been a wild ride. But yeah, I <laughs> I discovered acting kind of when I was in middle school. Um, it was like one of the first things that I had really discovered that I had a talent for. I, I was being cast as a lead in about uh, ten plays by the time I had finished middle school. Oh, and then, wow. and then, like high school comes around, and like I realized that you know I had to be serious about life. <clears> and <throat> on top of that, like something that I think probably had a had a play in it was you know I, I realized that you know I'm this Asian kid um, that that just doesn't belong on TV. You know, like I, I don't I don't see anybody who's like me being being on the screen or being in movies. And so, so I was like. And it was a very easy decision for me back then. I was just like, okay, so that doesn't make any sense. So I should just stop doing it. And so I didn't, I didn't act again until well after I graduated from engineering school. Wow. And I was, I was like really bored on the weekends. I felt kind of unfulfilled create, creatively. Mm. And so I went to Craigslist and, and um, <laughs> decided to audition for like one of the projects on there. And I got it. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And there's this dude who was like this acting coach on set, um, who was like, "Man, I think I think you have some talent. Like, I want to, you know, help manage you um, and see if you know you'd be interested in doing this for real." And dude, like, he was so generous. He, I, I went to his house like once a week for about two or three years, 
just working one-on-one on acting. And um, he helped me get rep by the, one of the best agencies in the SF Bay Area. Wow. And then, like, what, dude, once they had somebody believe in me, then, then I was like, you know what? Maybe I, can, maybe I can continue doing this, like, as a hobby or, like, a side job or something. Yeah. And something. so I did that. Uh, and then and I did that for a few years in the Bay. And then my, my company got sold. Um, suddenly I had, like, you know, some, some money saved up to basically go, damn, I'm, I'm like 27 or 28. I'm still single. Um, I don't need to really do a nine to five job anymore. Oh, that's amazing. And I was like, I was like, um, let's go, let's go do acting and see what that's really like. And, and that was about four years ago. Wow. I saw you were in NCIS. You were in, um, is it upcoming? The Dragon Ball Z movie? Yeah, yeah, dude. I didn't say yes. Uh, Dragon Ball's coming out really soon. Um, As future Gohan. What's that? Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, so as you know, Dragon Ball Z is a very popular uh, anime, uh, Japanese anime. Yeah. Uh, And um, it's uh, a a group of friends of mine, um, and I decided to do a live-action adaptation of it just for YouTube. Um, These guys are very talented filmmakers. Um, who wanted to, who saw that, you know, Hollywood's trying to move on from comic books and go into adapting live action anime, but they're not doing it right. You know, they haven't been doing it well. Ghost in the Shell flopped. Um, Akira right. has not off the ground yet. Wow. Cowboy Bob is not off the ground yet. Go, um, Death Note failed to, like, um, and <sighs> so they were like, terrible. man, these, yeah. these guys even know how to do it right. And so they decided to do it themselves. And our first wow. episode has 28 million views and counting. Um, and, uh, the next episode is coming out November 14th. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be debuted to like a lot of, a lot of fanfare and a lot of, uh, these, these, uh, anime fans who are like, man, Hollywood just doing us wrong, but thank you for doing it right. <laughs> yeah, so, that's awesome. So I'm curious, because I'm a huge uh, Dragon Ball Z fan, and you said he, he plays oh. Future Go, you play Future Gohan? Mm-hmm. So does that's it... That's correct. We're doing history of Trunks timeline. Oh, okay, awesome. Where everybody's dead, yeah, except for Future Gohan, Trunks, Bulma, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a very gritty timeline. Yeah. What we, we liked, yeah. I was nice. gonna say, that's a great, that's a great, like, uh, saga to adapt. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we, we thought about that very carefully. Wow. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that release, because we, we already get invite, invited to a bunch of Comic-Cons and Anime-Cons, um, and being able to meet people, and like, you know, just just giving these guys a a, a face too, because they've they've felt misrepresented for for so long, and mm. and having that one movie that I won't name because it's, it's yeah. really bad. Um, <laughs> I know <laughs> they tried <laughs> they tried adapting like another Dragon Ball movie previously. It, it was just it was it was it was so bad. It was like almost like a joke. Cause yeah. They, they just butchered like everything, wow. the, all the characters, the story, what each character meant, like everything. So, yeah. so everybody feels like they've been done wrong, and that's almost ten years ago now. Yeah, that's um, why. I, I, when I first saw your uh, resume, I didn't know if you were in that one, but then I read that it's it's coming out soon. Which even if you were yeah. in that one, it would have been it still would have been something you did. It still would have been great. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I was relieved to see it wasn't that one, Kenny. <laughs> right, right. I know, huh? I'm, I'm so glad you're a Dragon Ball Z fan too. Like, yeah, dude, crazy. Like, con. When I was growing up, I thought it was like this Asian thing that I like. 
you know, only Asian people knew what it was because it's like Japanese. And mm. I would go like in college, I just hide in my room and watch anime sometimes, not tell anybody because it was it was like this. It felt like a little like my guilty my guilty pleasure. Yeah. And then and then dude, I went to all these cons. I saw the huge amount of diversity, like people like from all backgrounds. It doesn't matter your age what continent you're from there yeah. are like huge fans for dragon ball and so it is insane so yeah. good um i tell you i don't want to before we um get any farther like you know before we run out of any more time i saw last night the uh the long road home on national geographic yeah. and it, dude it was amazing yeah. and you play um who is it um what's your okay, character eddie chan yeah eddie chan yeah, and uh, this is based on a on a, a group of real uh, U.S. soldiers that were that was um abducted in yeah. in Baghdad. Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, basically, these nineteen guys uh, get pinned down by about ten thousand insurgents uh, during the Iraq War. It was basically what made the Iraq War violent. Uh, that event, like one of the uh, startups. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and and so yeah, it's it's based on a true story. We, what, what was what really makes the story special is that, you know, we have, um, all the vets like who survived came back to give us their blessing before we even started shooting this thing. Uh, we we kept several of them on retainer as tech tech advisors to make sure that you know everything was accurate and, um, like the city that we built, like these two hundred buildings that um, our our guys had built to simulate Sauter City, Iraq yeah. on a military base in Texas. Um, nature, that was all accurate and, and that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it, it just feels really good to be able to be a part of that because um, a lot of the vets um, I've come to learn feel very misrepresented by, by TV and media Hollywood. because they, yeah. they feel like, you know, their experiences and their traumas have been exploited for the sake of money, you yeah. know, and to sell yeah. tickets. Um, and they they hate the idea of you know us glorifying uh, like war, uh, but then this one kind of tells a very human story about like you know what's it like to go to war like leaving your kids behind your your new your your newborns behind like your new wife behind. Dude, the what opening scene, I, I I think it's the yeah. um the I think it's the Middle Eastern soldier and his son is telling him he hopes he dies over there. It's like wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, dude, it's, it's so insane. Like that's another element too that I really liked when I first read the script. I was like, oh. please, please tell me like the other side of it too. Like what's yeah, it like to right. be an Iraqi interpreter yes. um, on, on that platoon? And, and we see all of that. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get to see the whole story from his perspective uh, on episode four. And I'm really stoked to see that. Yeah. I was so glad you told me too to watch, to make sure I watched both episodes last night. Cause I would have just thought it was the one. And yeah, that they, they was, wow. They were, <laughs> they were great. Um, I was going to say too. And then the one scene when you just see the American soldiers, I think they're just hanging out smoking and stuff. And the one guy's like, do you think you could, uh, I, one of your guys was giving sunglasses to one of the um, Iraqi children. And the, the yeah. one soldier's like, could you kill a kid if you had to, if they had, if they were shooting yeah. at you and it was just like, wow, that's, yeah. that is like, that's something yeah. you have to you consider. Have to like that's, it, yeah, 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 that's what yeah. I felt. Exactly. It was really accurate. Like really accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what was so special about, um, what Nat Geo did was, you know, they, they were like, they wanted to, they, uh, Miko Alon, who's the, the show, the showrunner, um, was preparing to, you know, like 
was was trying to get this show off the ground and and National Geographic came up to him and he was like and then they were like yo dude like we don't want you to change anything like we don't want you to to poo poo anything we don't we don't want you to lie or politicize anything and make this show seem like it's like go U.S. military no yeah we want you to present everything honestly you know like the sh- we we've got some bad eggs in the, in the military platoon all the conversations that happen about like you know some of us some of the military guys are like gung ho about you know wanting to kill people and yeah. and um it's it's just insane for for Nat Geo to be like yo like we want you to talk about all of that you know yeah um be honest wow that's that did you meet any of the real soldiers like besides the ones you met did you re- meet any of the soldiers that were in this in this situation yes well as i said my first week there um there was a reunion um and about 20 something vets came from all over the world to give us their blessing uh before we before we started shooting this thing and several of them the only reason why they came back was because they were promised by miko um that you know we were going to tell the story honestly we were going to glorify it and we're going to show what war really is like that there are all these really awful decisions that they had to make out there and we're going to show all of it we're not going to we're not going to fluff it or we're not going to poo poo it at all. Wow. Um, and yeah, dude, like, and me as being the only Asian American soldier in this platoon, um, and spoiler alert, um, Eddie Chen dies. I got really um, sad, bro. I got really sad. I was trying to, like, I went in the kitchen yeah. and I'm like, let me make a sandwich so I don't cry. Like, <laughs> let me just make a sandwich. That's a manly a thing happy to do. sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sandwich will cure my depression. It was really sad, bro. It was really sad. Yeah. They're yeah. trying to save but, you. But, but as, yeah, what was, what was nuts was that, like, dude, as soon as I walked into that reunion, and me being the only Asian soldier, like they immediately knew who I was. And dude, like as soon as like I made eye contact with some of these vets, like tears just burst from their eyes. Oh, like they were, oh man. Yeah, man. It was I've never felt anything like that before where they would they would like have to walk away for a second. They're just like, Man, I you're playing Eddie, huh? And I'm like I'm like, Yeah, I'm playing Eddie and it would just like tears. And they would they would just say we wish we could have done more for him, man. Wow. He was one of the best guys we knew. Oh, yeah, and then, they, and then they would, like, roll up their sleeves, and they've got, like, this bracelet that says, Rest in Peace, Sergeant Eddie Chen on it, still, 13 years later. Wow. Did that make uh, it harder for you to play that character? Yeah. For me, dude, like, um, I... When, when I get struck in the face with stuff like that, like, for some reason, I go... I'm, like, I'm all in. Yeah. Like, right. For some reason... Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't phase me. I feel the pressure, but then for some reason that feeds me more than makes me go, I, "Oh crap, here we go." I feel like um, it would, like it would feed you. It would kind of be like an honor, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it's totally an honor, and and it, it really it really made turned made things serious for me because um, I had no idea what I was getting into when I first booked this job. I thought it was like this little thing, yeah. Uh, and then as soon as I met like all these guys and how much the story would mean to these guys like then i was like holy crap like here we go i i am all in dudes like yeah. i'm i'm here i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you my 110 percent. right you're gonna make them proud like. yeah exactly how long of a series is it kenny is it like a mini series or is it gonna run several seasons um it's a tv mini series in the same vein as band of brothers one of our directors is the same as uh band of brothers casting director the same so it's very similar it's okay. like um 
Yeah, it's like it's eight episodes, and I doubt that there's going to be another season because I'm not going to find a completely new story to tell. Yeah, um, but yeah. I, I was telling Slim earlier too. Like I, uh, I don't know if it was a commercial or what during this the episode. It said that National Geographic was allowed to go over. I think for like ten weeks with the U.S. military and like I guess like yeah. just, just accompany them in what they were doing. Like so they they could yeah. get an accurate portrayal and all that. Yeah, yeah. The the military was the army was very generous in in giving us like Humvees, Abram tanks, and um. Uh, like a, like we all got military housing, you know. Each of each cast member got our own house, actually a three bedroom house. Wow. Um, we were out there for about three or four months, um, and yeah, they 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 gave us so much. Wow. Um, to be able to to shoot this thing. That's cool. Like a whole huge space to build Solder City on in in Fort Hood, Texas. Yeah, that's um, even so that's were, so cool. I I didn't realize yeah that it was on an actual base. It wasn't on a Hollywood set. It was on a base. Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. it was the whole thing was a base. We were all in Texas, you know. Wow. Did that's um cool. did you guys really like that one scene where you guys where when I think you had gotten shot and they drove through like it was just a bunch of debris that was on fire. Did you really do that or were there stuntmen or was yeah. it just like uh, uh, you're the first one to ask that question actually. <laughs> so I'm really happy you did. Cool. Um, yeah, that was real. Wow, dude, they drove through. It was like, like kind of like a, a just a a burning bunch of debris right in the road, and they just like crashed through. Oh, it's dude, awesome. it was all on fire and just crazy. That must have been like an yeah, adrenaline yeah. rush. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, we were like, it was. I think this is the story. I think we were like all set, and we were. I mean, we've been out there for a couple months at that point, so we were kind of used to seeing like burning and stuff. Yeah. But then this one day, right before lunch, we saw like our special effects guys, who did such an amazing job on this thing, by the way. Um, they they were lighting up like this wall, and they they just lit up like this wall of fire right before lunch. And then me and like um, EJ, who who plays uh, my commanding officer uh, Aguero, and we were just looking at each other. We were like. Like, what are they doing? Like, what is that for? And then, and then, like, they just lit it up, like, hella high. And it was, like, this big wall of fire. And we're like, oh, crap. What's going to happen now? Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then the director was like, all right, let's break for lunch. <laughs> we had to go to lunch. Left wondering, like, what the hell all that thing was for. And then when we came back, he was like, all right, you guys are going to have to drive through that. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. I'm the only one up there on the top, right? So my face is, like, going to get, like, yes. a soot in the face. And, like, you know, because everybody else is inside. That's why, that's why if you see that scene again, like, I'm covered in, like, ash. Yes. Like, I, I yes. basically become, like, really dark skin. And, like, everybody else is inside inside still looking pristine <laughs> <laughs> oh my god kenny we we've we have come to the end but thank you so much dude it's great talking to you uh, man. yeah that was so quick um it was a real yeah. pleasure uh, for me to be on here too dude it was great where can everybody find you uh you can find me on social media man um i'm mostly on my instagram or my twitter uh the handle is the kenny lou uh spelled l-e-u awesome cool, dude man. thank you so much kenny Thank you, guys. It was a real pleasure. It was. Same here. Have a good one. I right, Take care, guys. You, you too, too, brother. Later, man. Later. Such a cool Yeah, player. that was really cool. That wow. was cool hearing all that. Wow. Yeah. I like that I they did you, a like, lot of like really research on that show. Yeah. It really did, just watching it. Like. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, they really... 
did all their research and really got got in there. That, yeah. That's fucking cool. Super cool. We'll be back with Steve Coulter. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-510-0338-800-510-0338-800-510-0338-800-510-0338. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer, and again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-218-4909. 800-218-4909. 800-218-4909. Again, that's 800-218-4909. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. And when I'm not avoiding strangers' eye contact on the subways of New York City, I'm listening to The Robin Slim Show. <laughs> I know. I didn't. I didn't know it was like fan made. It was, that sounds so cool too. Yeah. I've, I've been checking out the new one. Okay. What is it? Uh, a Dragon Ball Super, I believe, is called. I just watched the last episode. Really cool. Really cool. Really there. nice. Show me. I haven't what watched you any got. of it. Right. Show me what. Rob and Slim Show. Oh my God! You're still there. <laughs> yes. We're still doing this. Yep. Steve. Steve Coulter. Uh, Yes. <laughs> Where are you right now? I'm sitting. I'm like in an episode of uh, Columbo. I'm sitting in a car outside the union office near the airport. Oh, SAG? SAG Union? Uh, yes. I actually I just left the meeting. I got to go back in after I chat with you fine human beings. Ooh, thank you. And, what is, um, how's the how's yeah. meeting go down? Like, don't take calls from uh, Harvey Weinstein? Like, what's, what do they tell you? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Just block them. Yeah. Just block them on everything. <laughs> they should have had that meeting a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, man. We were just talking earlier, too, about Charlie Sheen. Like, wow. Yeah. What, what oh, man. horrific it's stuff. Everyone, probably Carol Burnett was probably just... <laughs> Everybody. Oh man, yeah. man! Match game seventy three. All the squares. Yeah, mm, it's not going to be pretty. Oh. All in. Yeah. Mm. So, how have you guys been? We've been good. How have you been? 
I'm very well, thank you. No problem, <laughs> no problem. What um, what do you what do you have going on right now? Like as far as acting, I saw you were in um, uh, you were in a film uh, directed by Scorsese called um, oh, what was that called? Uh, oh yeah, it's a it's a difficult title to remember. It, uh, Abundant acreage available. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. about so three brothers. He, he produced it. He he produced it. Angus McLaughlin, who who wrote uh, I don't know if you saw the movie Junebug. No. Uh, years ago with Amy Adams it's sort of what made Amy Adams a star um, but it's just a small little movie but uh, yeah it's really good actually and not because I'm in the damn thing um, <laughs> but that yeah and I've, been, I've, been, I've been traveling all over I got to work with uh, Kevin Costner a couple weeks ago he's doing his first TV series wow. uh, called Yellowstone and they're shooting out in Montana so I got to go out there for about a week, and uh, it's gonna be it's kind of like a modern day western, almost like Bonanza, the family, and all that stuff. And the guy who did Hell or High Water, uh, uh, Taylor Sheridan, the writer, he he sort of created the show, so it's pretty okay. damn pretty damn cool. Um, it's got it's got everything in it. It's got the Native Americans and helicopters. And uh, everything. Apaches and Apaches. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now I got an idea <laughs> I'm going to try to sell. It's <laughs> amazing. What, tomahawks what, and Tomahawks. What's it like going to hell? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just throw these fastballs at you. You miss them. <laughs> I feel like I could be writing for Hollywood. On the, Actually, yeah. on the bad side of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what are you guys doing? This is this, this radio show, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Trying to forget my horrible real life, and this is it. And then I go back to my horrible uh, real life tomorrow, and I'm like, oh, I hate, oh, I hate this. Uh, I hate this, this is an escape. Well, it's like a guys, drug. How long, is the sh- how long do you guys do the show? Do you just stay there all day long? Uh, I, I usually get here around 12 in the afternoon just to start preparing uh, and finishing, you know, guest prep. I do all that. I do I do all yeah. that good stuff. And yeah, yeah. It's, I, uh, I used to work overnight, so I used to, like, you cut, would just get wake home. up. Yeah, I would just would wake, wake up and, and shamble out and do the show. Like, that That was my morning. Wow. Like, I'd sleep for four That's hours, so set my alarm, get up, and be like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So sad. <laughs> uh, I know that's why that's why he usually didn't say much in the interview. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling I'm starting to feel a little more awake because I finally got off the overnight shift. So I'm like, all right, this, <laughs> oh, is, this is gonna be nice. I'm gonna have more energy. Yeah, not like coming out here half asleep and dirty. Working all that. I did that when I was in the when I first started out. I would live in New York. I worked at like an all night restaurant. So I worked like midnight to eight. And you, it's just, you become a, just a walking side. Yes. You get off, you're taking the train, everyone else is going to work. Yeah. And you get pale and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of sucks. Well, yeah. people keep asking me because I did it for 10 years and they're like, well, why did you finally decide to get off? I'm like, because my mental and physical health was deteriorating. You're not even built to, to do that. Your yeah. body is supposed yeah. to be tired when it's dark. Like it's supposed to, you're supposed to sleep at night. Like, yeah. yeah. You're just, you're ghoul. Yeah. It's. It's so nice. and you can't really sleep during the day, so you're never getting enough sleep. Never. Yeah, I did nice. that for five yeah. years too. I did overnights for yep. five years, and I, as soon as I got a day job, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I'll never do that again." And, and it was yeah. funny because when I got hired for that overnight job, the guy that interviewed me says, "You'll never get used to it." And I was like, Psh, "I'll get used to it." And I no, never. You ten never years do. never got used to it. <laughs> so. You never do. <laughs> oh man. 
Steve, as an actor, are the holidays... Yes, are oh the, my God, you got a real question? Yes, <laughs> are the holidays oh, ever tough? Are I'm you, ready. Are you ever, like, unable to see your loved ones at the holidays because of a, of an acting job or anything like that? Look, not, I don't like, as things, one thing that's funny about, like, for example, Los Angeles, which is the, you know, the, whatever, the center of the hive, they kind of shut down, like... They always like before Thanksgiving, the kind of week before Thanksgiving, everything closes. Oh wow! And then nothing really happens the week after Thanksgiving. And then any kind of holiday, literally any kind of holiday, they'll be like, you know, even Labor Day, there won't be anyone in the office Thursday and Friday before that. Oh wow! Um, so luckily, you, most of, like it's constantly like whatever. If like I'll do a play once in a while, and I'll usually try to do it around that December January time because there's just not usually a lot going on so in terms of that but you do miss out as an actor like they always said the best way to get a job is you know plan a trip to disney world hmm. and then you'll get a movie job because it's you can't you can't plan ahead which is a pain like i had a couple of weddings to go to this uh summer and people are like wanting a commitment and it's like i unless it's my daughter or her son i can't promise to be there because you know it's you may get a job in two weeks ahead of time so that right. that kind of sucks you can't really plan far ahead but i've never missed a big like one time i eat my daughter when she started kindergarten i was doing some stupid tv movie in like savannah georgia i drove all night to make sure i was there in the morning because you know life's too short you don't want to miss stuff like that yeah so. what was the uh stupid tv movie it was called the american tempest it had peter fonda uh, I guess it wasn't that stupid. It was okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know why it was stupid. <laughs> I remember why it was stupid. Well, it was like a modern Shakespeare, whatever, and they, but I was cast as this Civil War captain, and I was told I was going to, my whole scene was to ride up on this horse, jump off the horse, and run up to somebody and give them a whole news about something. So I was excited to get to gallop up on this horse, and I used to ride a lot when I was a kid. Okay. But I get to the set, and because of a bunch of other actors who said they could ride and who couldn't, the guy in charge of the horses said, no actor's allowed to ride. Oh. So I had to, like, instead of galloping 100 yards, I had to run 100 yards in the mud. Oh. It's not the same thing. No. That's not, the same thing. That's not as majestic. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No. Did you yeah. try yeah, telling the guy, the, like, yeah. no, I, I know how to ride a horse. horse. I'm not like I, these other I'll actors. I'll prove you wrong. Just yeah. that horse. They didn't believe. Actors like, <laughs> can be real thick. Like, they'll say, yeah, I can fly to a place. And, I can ride a motorcycle. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I've done that. I've done that sometimes where you're like, "Oh my God!" And you have to learn how to play the piano in a week. Because uh, you don't, yeah, you don't say I can ride. Riding a horse is not, you know, you don't lie. So they they ruined it for me. So that's I did it like once. That. Those horses are scary. You you don't know what they're gonna do. You have no that's idea right. how they're and gonna they, react. Yeah, and they know horses. know. if you're scared, they're like, "Well, I'm gonna." Fuck you over. <laughs> yes, okay. yes. These guys were just like, well, I saw that other guy in that other movie riding oh, a horse, so it can't you, be that you hard. Just, you hold on. You just yeah, hold yeah. on tight. Yeah. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, man. I knew a guy who was a wrangler, and he told us one of the first things to, to make sure you didn't get too close. They'll just kick you. They'll just kick you for no reason. They will. And I had a horse. When I was a kid, I used to have a horse. go bareback riding. I lived in South America. And the summer, I lived way up in the mountains. He had no electricity, but he had horses. So I'd go up there, and we'd play like cowboys and Indians with real horses. 
And uh, well, I was standing next to a horse one time, and you know the horses will stamp their foot to get the uh, flies off of it? Yes! Well, I was standing right next to it, and it stamped its foot right on my foot. Oh. And I was like, at first I was like, this is going to, oh, yeah, it's going to hurt in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and you're trying to, like, push it. It's not easy to push a horse off your no. foot when you're nine years old. No! Like, yeah, and I didn't know any bad words yet to say. I was just like, oh, gee whiz, ouch, God. Oh. <laughs> the smarts. <laughs> this, this, oh, yeah, golly, the smarts, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Son of a oh. bitch. That was funny. Well, uh, not is, like the kids today. No, they don't even know yeah. nowadays. They're just playing their little no. games, and that's it. Their little video that's games. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. on their phones. They got... They got their bicycle helmets. And, uh, yes. I'm surprised. I guess a lot of us, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 300 years old, and we didn't have bicycle helmets. And I was falling off my bike. I did a somersault off my bike. I, yes. Not on purpose. <laughs> and we were always banged up and stuff. I guess a lot of us died. Yeah, <laughs> I think we had died or we had cool scars. I know I have a scar on one of my eyes, and I had... Um, face planted off the bicycle and I like just yeah. scrape, scrape my teeth and I had to get caps on all my baby teeth in the front because they were just all like <laughs> gnarred up. <laughs> See, I'm like, yeah, I-, I still have scars from bike crashes. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one has scars anymore. No, <laughs> they don't get those anymore. Yeah. That's, that was the thing back in the day to be a dad. You had to have a cool dad scar. <laughs> a cool dad scar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is. It's really true. Now I'm like a baby. I grew up in the '90s. He is. He's I'm only. A, I'm, only uh, I'm only 29. <laughs> but I remember, like, oh uh, when I was growing up, helmets were they were a thing that we were supposed to wear, they but were, they were uncool. Yeah, they were they coming were, in. They were coming. They're in. coming in, but it was still like uncool to wear a helmet. You were always yeah. the cool kid when you were like, "I don't need a helmet. <laughs> we don't do that." <laughs> I need a scar yeah, like my dad. Kids- the only, only kids that wore helmets were kids that had had recent brain surgery as a child, <laughs> and they were and they were strange anyway. They, yeah, so, you didn't. And they weren't just that. wearing their helmets for bike style. It was just <laughs> no, that's for life. They, they, they needed were, that. Yeah, they needed they were, the helmet. Yeah, they were wearing helmets for social studies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, Steve, what um, what is your show? The land is is that something you you wrote yourself? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote it like years ago. Well, not years ago, like four years ago. And it's because I wanted, there's a woman here in, in Atlanta who's a, the major casting director. And she was also responsible for helping get a lot of the film and TV production here. And she had been a casting director for, God, like 30 years. And she really wanted to produce stuff. And right after I, I'd finished writing for Tyler Perry, she approached me and said, would you be interested in writing a, a series about a farm? And I said, oh, sure. And I'd, I'd grown up watching the Waltons and stuff, which was like, it was a show that the whole family could watch, but it wasn't like the Disney Channel. It was actually pretty great. And so I wanted to you know, write something that, you know, most of the family could watch, except Larry, the cousin. With the helmets. <laughs> and so you have to watch Larry with the helmet. He's, he's not allowed to watch television. Yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so okay. I wrote this thing. And we've gotten good response. It's just, it's, and I've been busy acting, and acting's a lot easier than writing. Uh, oh. But we still have it out there and trying to sell it, and we'll see. Uh, it's kind of, I think it would do well because it's just, it's funny and sad and the whole family could watch it without it being all watered down. Mm. It's actually, cause I think kids are pretty smart and they can, they're like 
pretty cool stores too. Yeah, they do. But um, so yeah, and I've written a couple things and just wrote a little play. But uh, hmm. it's, writing is hard because you got to do it alone, and it's it's. Uh, and once you get going, I always compared writing to like trying to put, you know, like, you know, you've gone swimming in the, in the early part of the day, then you go out and play baseball and you go back and you got to put on your wet bathing suit. And it just feels, and that's what, I don't want to get lost. That's in what writing's writing. like. <laughs> I always feel like when, I'm, when I write even like bits for the show, like my mind goes too fast for me to even like write or type. Like I, I, I just, I can't keep up with my mind. Well, see, that's a nice problem. Though, Cause sometimes my mind is just sitting there going, Hey, can I get some <laughs> some kios? Because uh, yeah, I, I like running once I get going, but to get going, it is like putting on a wet bathing suit. It's like, oh god, because always yes. my first ideas suck. So and, yes, and you got to get yeah. Sometimes I'm like really Someone like could, yeah, I'm just sitting there for days. Like I know I should have wrote it yesterday, but I just I didn't like that idea, and I'm just it's really really yeah. hard. It's really tough. So, Someone compared it to like you know when you t- first turn on the hose. I'm I'm like going to be metaphor man tonight. Oh, I like uh, that. That's I like cool. that. That's good. <laughs> you first turn on the hose and the water's kind of brown and hot. I don't know where you live, but it's brown. And hot. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always brown and, then and finally, hot. So, so you got to be willing to just start writing and let the crap come out. Because <laughs> I get kind of picky. Like if it's not perfect, it's like, well, I'm not going to write at all. I'm just going to go on the internet or watch television. <laughs> so, but once I, it is fun when you do something and then you sure you know when you hear something you it done or see it. Then it's like when I went to Tyler Perry, I wrote a scene that took place in you know, an apartment fire, and I went on the set a week later, and they built an apartment building. And you're like, God, oh, this is like it's like playing with GI Joes but life size. <laughs> and then that could get really ugly. That doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> you playing with a life size GI Joe. <laughs> yeah. You weren't responsible for Medea, were you? That's what I was just gonna say. Like, or Boo, no, Boo, Boo no. Two. Like, okay. what did you write for Tyler Perry? <laughs> I wrote for for three years for both of his. He had two TV shows, uh, House of Pain, and then Meet the Browns. And I wrote for both of them. I wrote for more. I was head writer for House of Pain the last year. Cool. Um, and it was great. I, mean, I learned. I mean, part of it was horrendous because it was like writing for live TV because we did three shows. We taped three shows a week, sometimes five shows a week. Wow. So you had to write really fast. And um, and at first he wasn't used to writers, so it was kind of suspicious of him because he just always has done his own stuff. But then but my last year there, I really liked because he trusted me and I could write cool. and he would, you know, to be fine. But at first it was a little, it was a little tough. But it was yeah. good. I learned how to Right. Cool. Awesome. So that was like your first writing gig then was for Tyler Perry. Yeah. I just, all I'd done up at that point, cause I was mainly acting, but then acting had gotten a little slow and I got tired of playing deputies, Southern deputies. Cause at that point I was all, I'd, I'd read that Billy Bob Thornton, he was playing a lot of little roles in films and stuff and he got tired of it. So he wrote Sling Blade and I do the same thing. Oh, well, I didn't write Sling Blade. <laughs> I got Sling Blade 2. I wrote Sling Blade 2, which was yeah. T-O-O. Sling Blade I also. I why not do the exact same thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sling Blade also. <laughs> yeah. So, it didn't work out so good, so I did something else. So I wrote this character called the Etiquette Man. It was like kind of modern-day Mr. Rogers. He's freaks everybody out but he actually and so I did that as a live sort of play and then I did a film of it and then I wrote a screenplay that got some attention and ended up uh, sending it to Tyler Perry and then he called up and said you want to write for TV and I was like 
Sure. Yeah. And uh, cool. and he's pretty cool because like a lot of with LA is like a, a lot of it is who you know and relationships. With him, it was just like he would give you the football, and if you ran with it, and if you didn't, you'd never get the football again. Yeah. But he would give you a chance, and it was all based on merit. It wasn't like, oh, I've known you for a certain amount of time. He didn't give a crap about that. It was like if you could perform and do your job, you would get you know your chance, and that's you know because here I am a white Canadian guy. And then Tyler Perry said, writer, I was like, how the hell did that happen? Because yeah. he was fair. He was really kind of fair. So wow. I was always grateful about that. Are, so. are there a lot of guys that are just like, they just hire their friends? Yeah. I think what this is, what's weird is uh, a writer's room is, can you can kind of hide in a writer's room. Like, for example, let's say, you know, we're all in a writer's room and one of you guys, let's say there's a guy, we'll call him Larry. Larry with a bicycle helmet. <laughs> Larry is not a good writer, but he's in the room and he, and he writes a script and it's just dreadful. And this happened often, like we job out a script to an LA writer or something. And Larry writes a really bad script, so you and I, we rewrite it and we or we we punch it up a whole lot, and it ends up being a really pretty good script. Well, Larry's name is still on the script, so he kind of gets credit for being pretty good. Yeah. And so I've been in writers' rooms where you know they are friends of the head writer. Or they like one guy who uh, I, I interviewed to hire when I was head writer. He had these incredible credits, and it was like, and he sent a script, and it was just, it was hard because it was really, really bad. And I, I even gave him another chance. I said, try again. Yeah. And it wasn't any good. And what he was is he was a good administrator, and he was very good at uh, the business of stuff and the relationships. He just wasn't good at the writing. He was a so good you can, person. Yeah. yeah, it's a. It's not a rampant, but you can hide in a writer's room. That's the thing where it's good at, you know, like, for example, I just rewrote a play for someone, uh, and they're also getting, they'll get credit for stuff if the play goes well that mm. I wrote. And so it's kind of weird. Wow. That, yeah. you know, and, uh, uh, but, man. So, but unlike, but that's not, you know, that's not the case of, like, Breaking Bad. Or, those guys are all great writers. But in some other rooms, uh, that was my experience. I was like, wow, you should be better if you, you know, work for all those people. Yeah. Like yeah. in, the, uh, like in um, the Walking Dead uh, writer's room? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. So they, yeah, you gotta be kind of, you have to be pretty good. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. What is, um, um, I know you mentioned um, lore. Is, are you in that or... Um, do you yeah, just, uh, you are in that. <laughs> oh, I, I don't have Amazon Prime, so I wasn't able to check it out. Uh, so sad. Well, if you were rich like me, you'd have it. I know. So, I had Steve Coulter yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's Steve Coulter. The Hollywood elite with my Honda, Honda Accord. Just, yeah. Um, no, it's actually kind of cool because it's, I'm surprised it's not, I want, I'm sure it will eventually stream for you poor people uh, so you can watch it in your hovels and things. <laughs> so you're gathered around your fire. Um, it's actually a cool story. It's based on a podcast that I've never heard of, but apparently is really yeah. popular. And, uh, yeah, and it's so like, it's kind of like Twilight Zone or, but it's like true stuff. It's like myths that were true. And then they mix like, fancy phone bone Hollywood actors with uh, kind of documentary style footage mm. and it's, it's genuinely scary because it's real um, so it's kind of cool I just did it's like an anthology series so I just did the first one I, and, I was uh, a, 
I was reading the reviews on it, and I usually, I don't know why, but I always start with, like, reading negative reviews, because I'm curious, but these people were just, these people were complaining about the narrator, and the thing was, is that the narrator was the guy that did the podcast, he's the dude that made the podcast, and I thought, I thought that was the coolest thing, that these guys who made this series were like, no, we want the guy who did the show, like, we're gonna give it to him, like, to be bad-mouthing that just, that, that made me a little upset to see that that's what people were criticizing. Yeah, it's weird because that's the whole reason they made the show is the podcast. And it's like, and I've heard similar people who don't know the podcast, because the guy just has a regular voice. He's not like a, he doesn't have a voice made for radio or whatever. It's just sort of a regular kind of, like the typical male podcast voice. It sounds a little bit like NPR and they're just all kind of high pitched and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I don't. That I think if they wanted to get a wider audience, they might use some of that. But he's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, he's, uh, he's I guy, just thought that was like, really cool. That is they very give it cool. to that guy. Yeah. Like that's awesome. You know. Yeah. I respect yeah, it. I respect the decision. It would be a show without him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was actually wondering, Steve, um, you said you write plays. Do you prefer writing uh, plays over uh, screenplays? Like, for, for the stage? Um, no. I don't know, because that's the first play I've ever written. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I, I did really like it. And I felt, it's kind of odd. I just, it's, um, you're more limited because, you know, in a screenplay, you can sort of write anything. Like the comic mm-hmm. comes down and kills a unicorn. And I knew, which that is going to be a great film, by the way, so keep your eye out for yeah. the comic and the unicorn. Um, but with a play, like I knew, I found out what parameter, like what did they have? They already had a cast since it was a, it was a very late rewrite. So I knew the cast members and I knew what set they had. I knew the, you know, what they could do. So and in a way though, as a writer, I kind of like knowing those limits because then you sort of have, gives you more of a playing field that, you know, that yeah. you won't use a comet hitting a, hitting a unicorn. Yeah. But, um, and it is kind of, cause you don't have to do much more dialogue. It's much yeah. more dialogue intense. So that's kind of a neat challenge as well. Cause you got to have it all, having in the speaking versus you know really cool screen direction um but uh, the money isn't the same i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) you get paid in donuts and clean socks it's It's more than we get my uh my (laughs) (laughs) my all-time favorite like film director and writer is uh, I I can't pronounce his name right, but it's uh, Martin, and he did say, Seven Psychopaths. Martin, oh, I thought Martin, Ma- Martin McDow- Lawrence. Mc- do something. Oh, Mark McDonough. Martin Mc- Martin McDonough. Yeah. Not it's not that hard. It's I I'm terrible at Steve. Dude, Steve, Steve welcome, I'm ter- my, I'm, welcome to my world. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. <laughs> so Martin McDonough. Yeah, you, you, you see two vowels next to each other. Yeah, and I'm just that's exactly. You're right, Steve. That's what it is. I'm like I can't. My mind just like melts. <laughs> I guess just can't do it. He needs a helmet, Steve. He needs Larry. Where's Larry? I do need a helmet. Um, but no, like. Just sound it out, Larry. In, out. in Bruges, uh, Seven Psychopaths, both are amazing. He did a short film, uh, I think it was called Shooter Great. Like, they're amazing, and yes. it's like, wow. And, and it's, yeah, I, you are very, I'm very impressed by you now. I wasn't until now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, you're right, because In Bruges is awesome. And he did that, the new one about the billboards. It's oh, it looks great. Dormant, like the five billboards outside of, uh, yeah, he's yes. like, in his plays, he's just like, he like writes with a, Sword. It's so it's subtle and vicious and funny and dark and 
Yeah, he's great. That's um, he wrote a play called Pillow Man. If you ever get a chance to see, it's terrifying and great. Was that really the one where it. he actually had Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken in it? Right. It may be. I kind of think he may have because they did. They started it. I get like most of his plays. I think he's Irish. So I think they did him originally in, in England and Ireland. And yeah. they, most of them, they always bring him over to New York. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. I can't wait to see that one with Frances McDormand. Oh, it looks amazing. Wow, it's awesome. getting great yeah. reviews, and apparently cool. her performance is great. They even said again, Sam Rockwell's shines yeah. in it, which is awesome. I yeah. love Sam Rockwell's. He's, I love. Great. He's always he's always great. Yeah, he's, great. he's a very talented actor. Guys, we have to wrap this up. Steve, thank you oh, so much, dude. I gotta go back to my union. I'm meeting. sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, thank you so much for talking to us again. And where can everybody find you? Uh, I'm sitting in my car about a mile from the Atlanta airport. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, wait. No, you can see me. There's a new Al Pacino film coming out called Hangman. And I play a priest in that. And, it's, and I get to go toe-to-toe with Pacino. Nice. I think it's coming out this month. Cool. Cool. So there you go. And, and other than that, I'll be in my car near the airport. <laughs> um, so selling meth, because that's what I like to do. So. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You're amazing. You're awesome. Great. Well, I look forward to talking to you again. Take care of yourself. And have a great uh, holiday. You celebrate those things. You yeah. too. All right. Later, Steve. Bye, guys. Later, Steve. So good. He's awesome. He got me pinned. That's what it is. Uh, I see the two vowels and I'm like, I can't pronounce that shit. Like, what is that? I didn't know that. I want that. You got your dad with science. <laughs> he you figured just it out. Down the slim spiracy. <laughs> just don't throw anything. That's what you gotta do. You gotta find like our articles now that just every just word is like two. Vowels. Just double vowels. And I'll double be like, what vowels. the fuck is this? <laughs> I will be back. <laughs> hey, Slambo. Yeah, yeah. You want to see some cool shit, bro? Mm-hmm, yeah! Then get ready to embrace the weird at embracetheweird.design and check out everything they have to offer. Embrace the Weird has stuff like uh, women's and men's clothes of all sorts, wall paintings, skateboards, and more. And they also have the artwork uh, from the genius mind and hands of Brian A. Bernard. So go right now to embracetheworld.design. Ah, oh, sorry. Fuck. You're going you're gonna to fix this, I know. It's embracetheweird.design and check it out, bro. Yeah! You're listening to the Rob and Slim Show. Why? I don't know. You could be taking a shit or something. Good yes. shit. Good shit. All right. Uh, um, oh, here. Yeah, you were just going to hand it to me. Oh, here. no. No uh, upgrades. Yeah, that's Willis's number. All right, Willis. Let's see. What you talking about, Willis? How do I do it again? There's a number pad mm. somewhere. I got it. Yeah, it's been long. Long time. We love you, long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a privilege for us to be calling somebody. Usually we don't I do know. That. Oh, wait, that's the wrong number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how do I backspace? You can just, like, type it, I think, too. Like, if you just click in. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What? I'm just going to get my keyboard here. And then Two I'm, numbers back to back. typing the numbers. I need, like, the clanky keyboard sound effects from mm. the other bedroom. Where's that bed- <laughs> bedtime buddy? Bedtime buddy. <laughs> That's what I call him. I call him my bedtime script. buddy. Um, bedtime buddies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me just make sure I'm good here. Uh, uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, yeah, think that, I see uh-huh. numbers. There's numbers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then, yeah. All right. <laughs> 
party has privacy director and does not accept oh. unidentified. I'll message him. I'll message okay. him. All right. Cause uh, yeah, there's nothing I can do about that. I can't. Our number is just unknown, and that is, that is what it is. All right. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry for the dead air. No, it wasn't dead air. We had some keyboard clanking on your end, so oh. that was good. And keyboard yeah. clanking keeps away the dead Here's air. Just copy like, and paste. Um, all right, all right. I just pasted. All right, There's some typing, some some real nice heavy typing. I don't really like this beer that much. I thought oh. I was like, ah, oh, this beer is gonna be amazing, and I was like, uh, eh. it's like a it's a beer with a. It looks red, chai, purplish. Is it chai, chai, do you have chai tea? Oh, no, you never chai, got chai. chai tea. <laughs> yeah, no. like, I never uh, had chai like before. I was like, ah. Oh, show me never. what you right. got. Show me what you Robin Slim Show. Robin Slim Show. Hey, this is Willis Morgan. Willis Morgan. Frustrated Witness. How are you doing, Frustrated Witness? Good. You're a retired reporter um, of the Miami Herald, correct? Oh, half of that is correct. The retirement part is correct. Um, I wasn't a reporter. I worked for the Herald and Production Department in the press room. Okay. Printing. Okay. So I was just, just from that, you're a reputable person. And your uh, book is um, Frustrated Witness. And did you did you um, witness um, Adam Walsh being abducted? Well, no, I, I'm not one of the witnesses that actually uh, witnessed the abduction. But I'm one of the witnesses because I was in that mall the day he was abducted. And I had an encounter with the person that abducted him just minutes before he was abducted. Wow. Okay. Wow. So. Yeah. What, he came um, up to me first before he actually saw him walking into the toy department. Who, who did, Adam? No, the person that abducted him. Oh. Well, was he trying to abduct you? Well, I don't know that he was trying to abduct me, but he was certainly trying to start a conversation with me. Okay. And, and, and how, why, did that, how did the interaction go? It went bad. That's why I was watching him. I knew somebody was going to be in trouble. And that's why I was watching him. And I watched him walk into the toy department. But never in 1981 did I think a six-year-old kid would be in trouble. And my thinking was, when he didn't come back out of the toy department, that he was playing the video games himself. And then I was thinking that he's going to come back out my way because the toy department was at the end of Sears. So I didn't want another encounter, so I just left and went home. It was that evening I heard about that, uh, an abduction at that mall, and then they said the time, and I knew it had to be that guy that I had that encounter with because that encounter was so bizarre. Did you know who he was when you saw him, or did it... Did Not when I saw him, but 10 years later when he was captured for uh, brutal crimes that he committed up in Milwaukee. And, and I recognized him instantly because I worked for a newspaper, and we were doing newspaper... Ch uh, check in, in the press room and when we were checking the papers uh, off of six presses and there was a story of, an article about him, this guy up in Milwaukee and then I instantly recognized him then and that was Jeffrey Dahmer correct it was Jeffrey Dahmer right when he was captured this was in 1991 10 years almost to the week I'm so uh, I'm just fascinated by this interaction you had with him. Can you kind of explain like what this conversation was, or what like hinted you off that there was something wrong here? Well, it's just the way he was standing over me. I was in Radio Shack in the same mall, and he came into Radio Shack and he 
kept trying to start a conversation with me, and it was just so bizarre because just uh, awkward. It, it, more than the conversation was just the way he looked and that dead dull look in his eyes while he was smiling at me. I mean, it was just very strange. You felt like, yeah, I guess what you're saying is you kind of felt he was like forcing himself on you, I guess, kind of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and, and, uh, and it was very, he finally turned around because I wouldn't um, converse with him. I, would, I didn't want to talk to him because I might think it was, you say anything to him that would initiate a conversation. And I'm I didn't like want that a conversation a with this guy. So I didn't really say anything to him. It was him trying to talk to me. Yeah, I can't say that. I can't say when somebody tries to talk to you. Like, I'm the same way. Just, yeah, don't make eye contact. Just, just. <laughs> Exactly. Keep going, exactly. keep going. Yeah, I broke eye contact with him because my thinking was if I break eye contact, he'll just leave, but he didn't. He came actually into the radio shack, and he came up to me, and he, he continued trying to start a conversation. Wow. But anyway, um, I actually, when he stomped out of the radio shack, I saw him actually walking into the mall, deep into the mall, turning into Sears, and I was watching him, and I actually saw him turn into the toy department and walk into the toy department. Oh. And I just didn't go any further. And I've always yeah. felt bad because other witnesses that actually witnessed the abduction, one witness said they almost intervened, but then decided not to because they thought maybe that was an older brother. That's what I was wondering. Uh, did it seem like an uh, uh, did it seem like a violent abduction or did it seem just like a regular interaction? No, it was very violent. According to the other witnesses, it was very violent. Uh, one witness in the parking lot. Uh, saw him tossing Adam into a blue van like a sack of potatoes. That's his words. Oh. So, uh, but he thought maybe that, he thought it was a rambunctious kid that just didn't want to leave the toy department. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I've seen like, I've seen kids causing a scene just in and with their parents in parking lots of department stores all the time. Like, and, and right. you do, you do see that. So you, you don't know sometimes. You don't know what, what is going on. Right. Well, an, another, another witness uh, went into the uh, Sears, uh, and he turned around and started walking backwards because this guy that just passed him had this kid, and he was manhandling him as he walked out the exit, uh, and he and the kid was screaming, "You're not my daddy! You're not my daddy!" And the guy was just saying, "I'm going to take, I'm taking you to your daddy." And he was looking at this because he had a kid the same age. He was thinking he wouldn't handle handle his kid that way, mm. and. So he went to the service desk, then he had second thoughts, ran back outside, and the kid and the blue van and the guy were all gone. Oh. And his thinking was that he, he didn't intervene right away because he was thinking, well, maybe that's a stepfather. That's yeah. the thing, exactly, or an uncle or a anything. Right, wow. and another witness, Mia, I, I sent you some information on Mia. I don't know if you listened to the radio show she did. I didn't check it out, but I saw that you sent that. Right, well, you should have checked that out, because uh, she's a witness there. She was there two days in a row. Dharma was there on Sunday, the day before Adam was abducted, and he tried to abduct her brother. So, Oh, wow. She was there also the day Adam was abducted and actually saw uh, Jeffrey Dharma walk out with Adam out the, out the door. So, you know, so she's an, another witness there that saw the abduction, and, and her brother... At the time Adam was being abducted, just before he was abducted, I should say, asked his mom, because they were there with their mother, if he could stay a little longer, because her mother wanted to get ready to leave. And uh, she says, I know his dad is here now. And she says it was Jeffrey Dahmer leaning over Adam, talking to him. Wow. And taking wow. him by the hand and leaving. That's why I was saying you should get her on the show. She's very good. Listen to the radio show she did. Yeah. And then maybe you might want to get her on uh, at, down the road. Um, 
and maybe other witnesses too, because two weeks before Adam was abducted, there was another attempted abduction in a Sears on a Monday in another mall. It was an anchor to another mall. It was 60 miles north of the Hollywood Mall. And it was an incident exactly similar to the Adam Walsh case where a mother went to the mall with her son. She left the son in the toy department and was shopping just aisles away when Dharma came into that toy department and tried to abduct him. Have you on ever... Ju- had- on July 13th. Oh. That was July 13th. Adam was abducted on July 27th. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had contact with John Walsh? No, I've tried. My lawyer, my attorney sent him uh, copies of my book, but he's never returned uh, calls or anything. The problem is, um, you know, like the Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. John Walsh now considers the Hollywood Police Department, after they closed the case, to be his best friend and one of the detectives that got the case closed. And yeah. this is the detective that pinned the murder on an innocent man. Otis, oh. um, what's his name? Otis Tool. Otis Tool. He pinned, he pinned, Otis Tool had nothing to do with this murder. But didn't he, like, but, admit it on his deathbed? Like, oh, Otis was... No, no, that, that's this detective that made that up. Wow. Totally oh, wow. fabricated that. See, if you would ever get a chance to read my book, the witnesses that he claimed said that, I have their interviews where they were astonished by the fact that... Uh, John Walsh was on his show once on America's Most Wanted claiming that Otis Tool made a deathbed confession. He says, that's just not so. Wow. No, nobody at that infirmary, I believe it was the Lake Butler Infirmary where he passed away, um, says that he ever talked to anybody. And that niece that he's talking about that Matthews claims he confessed on a deathbed confession to, her last time she visited her uncle was nine months before he passed away. So, oh. you know, that's not so, a deathbed that's confession That's not a deathbed. Anyway. No, no. Absolutely not. Wow. And he never said anything about it to her either. So he just makes these things up. Yeah. It's, it's mm. totally fabricated. And, and in fact, if you listen to one podcast where he just did a radio show a couple weeks ago, he claimed that Otis 2 ate Adam. He, uh, he's, he, he to, ate him, you said? Yes, he ate Adam. According to this detective, and if, and you can listen to him actually say it. It's on my website, okay? Convicting the Innocent page. Click on that. Go to the bottom of the page, and I have the uh, radio show where you can listen to him talk about how Otis ate Adam. Oh, wow. That's the same detective. Now, listen. What happened was in... In 1987, this is one of the detectives that was on the case since its inception. In 1987, he heard John Walsh became the host of America's Most Wanted. So he called John Walsh. Yes. And John Walsh ended up hiring this detective on the show as the senior lead investigator. So for years, John Walsh had one of these bumbling, stumbling detectives on right in his midst feed him false information about his own son's abduction for years, and now John Walsh considers him to be his best friend and colleague. Wow. Wow. So John Walsh won't listen to anybody but this detective, and uh, this detective, they've been lying to him for years. Wow. I saw, too, um, I saw that that in your book, it says you cover um, Dahmer's military service and his living in, in Hollywood, Florida for six months, which I guess... Well, other he lived books. in Sunny Isles, which is about eight miles away from Hollywood. But, yes, a lot of other sources have not co- um, covered. Have you uncovered anything about Dahmer that they ha- that they never did previously? Well, there's a lot of things there, yeah. We have a police report with his name all over it. You know, I mean, he was a witness to a murder, you know, but that's in 1981 he was a witness because they didn't know who he was. 
If they oh, knew, they would have realized he was the murderer, not the witness. He was the, the murderer. Right, he wow. was the witness. Wow. And this is in the store right behind where he works. That, yeah, if you see the front cover of my book, that's the meter room where he murdered Adam also. Wow. There's the blood spatter on the back wall. They did a TV show about it, but the police refused to investigate. The Hollywood, this, this is a blood spatter that's been described as one of the best CSI experts in the country as being indicative of a high-velocity homicidal pattern. And yet the Hollywood Police Department and the Dade Miami Police Department as well refuses to investigate. Uh, the Hollywood Police Department says that two pit bulls could have got into that room and caused that blood, blood spatter. And the Miami Police Department, the lead uh, homicide investigator over there, told me that he thinks a bird flew into the wall. Wow. Why are they turning a blind eye like that? Like, why would because they... There's a reason for it, because remember I just told you about an other, in other attempted homicides, uh, mm -hmm. abductions, I mean? Yes. Like in the Twin City Mall? Yes. Okay. The description, the blue van, and the, com the composite all match the Hollywood Mall. But yet, the Hollywood the Police Department dismissed it. Not only that one, but five other attempted abductions. They were dismissing everything as being related to the Adam Walsh case because this, their chief primary suspect at that time was John Walsh's house guest, James Campbell. And they were so zeroed on him, they were dismissing everything. So in 1991, when I went back to them, as I told you, what I did was I called the Miami Herald Library up. It's not really a library, it's a storage room, because back then they didn't have computers, so they stored hard copies of all the papers, the newspapers. Yes. Right, and so I asked, um, I asked the library if they could send me a copy of the composite from the Adam Walsh case. What they did, they sent it to me in my in-house mailbox in the press room. But I didn't realize, I went back to the Hollywood Police Department, I brought the newspaper with me with the mugshot of this guy that got captured up in Milwaukee along with that composite, not realizing the library sent me the wrong composite. They sent me one from the Twin City Mall. And I went back to them and their jaws dropped because they realized that that was connected, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's when they went into cover-up mode. And they've been covering up uh, facts in the case ever since. Could, because in 1981, when they realized all these other attempted abductions, the composites all match the Hollywood Mall, <clears throat> that should have immediately dismissed James Campbell. But instead, they were dismissing all these other attempted abductions and even the police chiefs that were calling them and telling them this is related. It's too much of a coincidence that everything is matching. And they were being dismissed as well, as well as all the witnesses that kept calling in. We had witnesses call in from the Twin City Mall, South Beach, Deerfield Beach, Plantation, other attempted abductions, as well as the site where Adam's severed head was found. Four witnesses called in. There was a blue van at that site as well. Wow. Mm. wow. Yeah, one, one witness actually saw the blue van pulled over on the side of the turnpike, the Florida turnpike, and there was a white male down by this little footbridge that took some, something round, this is his quote, round out of a white bucket and threw it into the water. He called the Hollywood Police Department when, when they found the severed head and realized that he, he remembered he saw somebody there at, uh, on, on uh, August uh, 7th. The head was found on August 10th, so three days before that. And they told him, yeah, yeah, we already know about the blue van. It has nothing to do with the Adam Walsh case. See, they kept dismissing everything back in 1981. Wow. 
Wow. It, that's why John Walsh wrote his book, Tears of Rage. Out of the, the rages, because of the Hollywood Police Department. He, mm. he called them in his book a bunch of stumbling, bumbling idiots. Wow. And, one, and then he ends up hiring one of them as the lead senior investigator on his show. Because it, he figured that was the only one that wasn't an idiot. Because he's the one that did the polygraph test. So he did the Walsh family and, their, and John Walsh's friend, James Campbell. And eliminated them all as possible suspects. So John Walsh considered him to be, you know, one of the better of the lot of detectives. So yeah. he ended up hiring him. But he was actually the worst one of all. Did you have a lawsuit against them? I did. I did. And I'm planning on having another one, too. Because I want a, a lawsuit that'll go before a jury, a, a civil lawsuit. Because the, my last lawsuit went before a judge. And you can't win down here because of political expediency. Oh. Because uh, I sued Joe Matthews, and Joe Matthews went and hired Tom Panzer as his attorney. Tom Panzer is one of the biggest lobbyists down here. He donates money to the judges. And uh, mm. he, he, in Florida, they have a law that you can only donate 500 because of uh, political expediency, but he gets around the law um, by donating his 500, his wife donates 500, his six-year-old daughter donates 500, his wife's business donates 500, his even younger son donates 500, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. And so he donates to these judges, and when he gets cases before them, you know, you, you, it's very difficult to win. Wow. We need donations like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right? Wow, right? It must be nice. God damn. I have a so, question. Um, I'm actually just really curious of if uh, you were ever to prove that it really was Def Jeffrey Dahmer, like, what would you hope would come of that? Well, I, I, I don't want to talk too much about that, because I do plan on uh, filing some more lawsuits. I would like this to go before a, a grand jury okay. and have them compare my book to Joe Matthews' book, Bringing Adam Home. He wrote, that's his book that he wrote about the case, how, how it was Otis Tool that did it. Mm. And everything in there is completely fabricated, uh, he never called not one witness. He makes up witnesses. His witnesses are artist to cellmates. Those mm. are his witnesses. And, and they would say things like, yeah, well, everybody in prison knows he did it. Right. Those yeah. are his kinds of witnesses. And a couple of witnesses that he has down here, they, they, you know, they're not even genuine witnesses that he just uses. But I've contacted all the witnesses, the, the real witnesses that were actually there in the mall. Mm. So. All right, we're actually going to have to wrap this up. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yes, yes. You can find me on Facebook, Frustrated Witness. I have a website called FrustratedWitness.com. And actually, that's all you need, FrustratedWitness.com. From there, you can link onto late, uh, to the Facebook page. You can go to my other website, Justice for Adam, where I have all the case files. You know, the Hollywood case files, FBI, everything to do with Jeffrey Dahmer, the state attorney's case files. Uh, I've, all the records are there. And I put them there because in my book, I constantly reference the records. Mm. So now, you can actually go there, download them, and read things for yourself. The records and cross-check everything if you want. Oh, wow, cool. So, yeah, awesome. just go to frustratedwitness.com, and I accept likes on my Facebook page. If anybody wants to give the page a like, I'd appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. All right, have a good one, yeah. man. All right, take care. You too. Now I want to hear some genuine, because he's a genuine. Back that ass up.
It's all I've been thinking about. Genuine. <laughs> you just couldn't focus oh, anymore after that. I thought it was genuine. I don't know. I was thinking juvenile, but that's all I want to hear. Is back that ass up. All right. We're going on break with some genuine. Hey, back that ass up. Here, let's get let's get some juvenile. <laughs> here he is, juvenile. There you go. I don't want you to I want juvenile. Juvenile. Here he is. <laughs> some juvenile. Here we go. Family guy. I just like he, 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 he didn't answer my question, and that pisses me off because like I want to know. Like, should have looked what? that up. I like that. Like you sent me a video earlier today. You should have oh, looked yeah, that up. Yeah, I was like, please. Oh, you should have listened to that. Oh, but like, I have legit. Ryder said she thinks he would have been having this conversation in his living room if he wasn't talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my biggest thing is like, like I think the guy's a fraud, and the only reason I are Mike's computer, right? Yeah. The only reason I think like he's full of shit is yeah. because when I asked him, like, well, what would you hope that would come of this? Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. What is that? No. <laughs> no. Your right. answer should have been like, well, I hope that you know Otis, whatever <laughs> family, yeah. you know, like that would have been a question you could have answered. <laughs> It was like an interview like dude you ever listen to like Art Bell or George Norrie they're like those conspiracy guys like you This is the Slambagini himself baby And if you're a listener of the Robin Slim show then I'm sure you're a fan of Sauces Matisse We open lots of our best shows with his songs But don't wait to hear his music's just on our show baby Go to SoySauceSound.com and listen all the time With 10 albums for free or over little charge with the option of purchasing for a donation almost 100 songs so far new music is constantly dropping you'd have to be a real piece of shit not to he has killer tracks like only sometimes my music doesn't make a lot of moolah sense Because I'm a dash of Adam Driver, makes a coupon set Matt's a dapper dude, dashing, but I'm foobar mess Give me a beat, give me a pen and a pattern, then who got next? Me, you got teeth coming after you like you was a nest I never deceive when I'm rapping, I'ma do it for next I cannot believe what some veterans would do for a check Because I'm a beast and I'm better, but I'm goofy as heck Nerd Punk What's my pitch to be an internet sensation? I call these godly marketers sixth internet sensation Cause it's data and it's dedicated, intricate and patient But with every waking day I strain to pick up with the patient Every time I'm feeling like the slightest hint of doubt I just keep on fucking writing so my light don't fizzle out And expectations your expectations. You go to work after ain't nobody heard that ain't, ain't nobody yearn for you rapping any words. Said it worry cause you're sure that a rapper spinning verses as perfect as you have is deserving of a sure pass. Sure, yeah. Oh. It's the entitlement and attitude. Like everybody gotta pat you on the back for the last you're a hack and you're whack so you have to. Lower your expectations. So what are you waiting for, baby? Go to SoySauceSound.com and start listening today. Yeah! This is Summer Smith, and you're listening to the Robin Slim Show. Booyah, boona. Joe. What's up? What's up, dude? Joe Pontillo. Wow, am I live on the air? Right now, right now we're live. Live and direct. Oh, 
<laughs> oh my god this is my favorite show <laughs> how you doing brother i'm uh pretty good how about you guys good good we just had uh conspiracy talk with some other guy yeah but we're happy to be back oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i missed that <laughs> <laughs> i think it was mort from family guy so <laughs> oh he Nice. He back? <laughs> he usually calls. <laughs> what uh what are you up to, bro? You have uh you have a live taping in two days? Yeah, Saturday night at uh in a little room at Governor's Comedy Club in uh Levittown, New York. Cool. It's uh taping an hour special. How special, I'm not sure, but we'll see what happens afterwards. Nice, nice. Are you gonna try to sell it to like uh Netflix? Uh, I mean, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. that's probably like the uh, long-term thing. Cool. That's so cool. Are you, are you going to put it anywhere before that, or are you just going to wait? Yeah, I'm going to try to get it up on Amazon Prime or uh, debatably YouTube. Yeah, that's uh, what I was wondering. Then, YouTube is, is, a, is a harsh, harsh place. It's uh, it's a place where good videos go to die. Yes, right. <laughs> That's like I said. We we I, I was just talking to a friend at work last week. We've had so many amazing interviews. We've done so many great things that we put so much into. But a video called "Bare Bottom Spanking" gets a thousand or more views a week for us. Like right, or it, how to or how to change the oil in your car gets like five million views. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. just some idiot mechanic that doesn't oh, even know what he's doing. Not even it's just some guy googling it while he's recording it. It's it's miserable, miserable. It's my neighbor. Right, I'm surprised. I'm su yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> that guy's not touring at comedy clubs across the country. Yet. I know. Oh my god! Or <laughs> talking about oil changes, or we do a news story and piss people off, which that gets more views than an interview with with somebody that that you know is just much better, much better. Yeah. I don't know. YouTube is miserable. It teaches you to just be trash. Trash. If you're trash, you'll get views. You'll get views. Right. Oh. Like if you fall off your bicycle, you're gonna make it. Yeah. That's what you gotta do. Where's if you film something with any production value whatsoever, forget it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. What have you have you been doing a lot of comedy, dude? It looks like your schedule's packed. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, pretty much out of town or on the road for the last uh, probably like four or five months wow. every weekend. How many shows do you do a week normally? Uh, not as many as I used to. There was a time when I was doing like. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve shows a week. Now it's more like, you know, between four and seven. I would say per week. Yeah, that's still a lot. When you did um, two shows a day, do you do the same um, routine or do you uh, switch it up at all? Uh, I kind of try to never do the same thing twice. Um, I mean, obviously, there's like certain jokes that'll find their way into almost every set, but yeah. I never have a specific order. I never know what I'm going to talk about till I get on stage. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't just like gotten on stage and like rambled incoherently about conspiracy <laughs> theories for five minutes before being like, now here's my act. <laughs> Uh, 1981 I saw to your tweet was that real when you said um, you were in a comedy competition once where a guy got up 
and got all flustered and he just threw the mic against the wall. Like, did that really happen? Yes, that 100% happened. It was oh my amazing. God. Oh, my God. That guy needs a Comedy Central deal. He probably has one. <laughs> Holy shit. That guy ended up being, uh, what's his face, Andy Devine. <laughs> Jesus no, yeah, Christ. that guy, he didn't win, though. He did not win the contest. Oh, he, he wasn't the winner? Oh, man. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Like, I get freezing and running out, but throwing yeah. the mic against the wall. <laughs> right? That was just like, wow. Wow. That you had to. You had to at that point. Fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, is the, what is the craziest thing you've seen performing besides that? Besides that? Um... God, oh, I was talking about this earlier with somebody. I was doing a show in Virginia one time at some bar, and while the headliner's on stage, somebody in the audience just decided to throw a dart past his head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and you would think he would, like, stop the show and be like, well, my life has just been threatened, but instead yeah. he was just like, well, that's new, and then just kept going with it. Well, that's Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. That's like uh, that's that's how you meet people down there. <laughs> right. Oh my god, that's crazy, <laughs> crazy! Wow. <laughs> and what is your what is your favorite place to perform? Uh, probably where I'm doing a taping on Saturday uh, at Governor's on Long Island. Yeah, the first place I ever did ever did comedy theoretically, and uh, I don't know. It's just always been. Uh, you know, one of the best places to perform, in my opinion. No disrespect to many of the other venues I perform at. Yeah. What do you mean it was the first place, theoretically? Uh, well, I did try comedy once when I was in college. Um, can I tell you the story of how it came to me? Uh, we want to hear awful. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, I'd always wanted to do comedy, but um, I didn't know how to get into it. So Dave Chappelle was coming to my school, and for some reason, somebody at the college was like, hey, why don't we do a contest uh, to see who's the funniest student, and that person will get to open for Dave Chappelle, which I don't see how Dave Chappelle heard that and was like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Just put some random student before me oh, with no. no idea what they're doing. <laughs> So, uh, and what was, it was like literally like 25 kids tried to do it. And, uh, one kid on, went on stage and started to, uh, talk about, uh, little people. And like one of the most popular kids at the school was a little person. So somebody took offense to it oh. and threw a bagel at him. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, after that, the, the crowd slowly filtered out and then I got up. And I like my thought process used to be like I could just go on stage and just talk and just talk and I'll be funny mm. like I am, you know, with my friends or whatever. And uh, no, not <laughs> not then anyway, not when I was 19, 20 years old. So I like ran out of stuff to say oh. after like three minutes and uh, for some reason decided to try to fart into the microphone. <laughs> I've done that. You got to take your pants off so nothing <laughs> is filtered. <laughs> No, but the stupidest part is I put the microphone towards my ass and then made a fart noise with my mouth. <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
And then I slammed the mic down and ran out of the building and never came back. <laughs> you got to do it when it's really I got coming to out. open for Dave Chappelle. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a great story. That's what I was going to ask. What, what advice you would give to somebody just starting out comedy? Um, I would likely tell them not to start doing comedy, but uh, if they were really did set on doing it, I would just kind of tell them to uh, not hate everybody right away and um, just like do absolutely every show you can. Like do open mics and then start doing regular shows because I feel like I just jumped into doing regular shows and had no concept of uh, setups and punchlines, even though I was funny, but like I didn't. You know, yeah. I had zero structure whatsoever. How long did it take you to, to develop that? Um, yeah, maybe a couple of years. Wow. Wow. You know, because literally, like, when I first started for the first year or two, I would have, like, all new jokes every single time I went on stage. And, you know, like, even if I did really well, like, I would just forget all those jokes and then write new ones for the next show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not how you build an act. But <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really thinking it okay. Yeah, man, that's crazy. What um, as I saw, um, I know you're a sports fan. What do you think about Roy Holiday crashing, crashing and dying? Oh my god, that was insane. Um, my, I was kind of baseball players and and plane crashes. I, right. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of good with it just because of how many times he beat the Yankees. Like I was like, all right, all right, you got what you deserved. You you fucked us up so much. <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of happy with it. I can't I, lie. I feel like it's somehow. I know this is awful, but I feel like it's somehow less tragic because he's already retired for yes. a few years. So it's like eh. I agree with that too. <laughs> yeah, I posted something and a, a couple of my friends were like, dude. Like, yeah, really? Like, first of all, you're in L.A. Like, what do you give a shit about an ex-Toronto player who went to Philly? Like, why? Why? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Rob's, Rob's <laughs> yeah, post it was, was like, amazing, by the way, Joe. Oh. Rob, Rob's post was basically, because I guess this article had said that he was a real uh, down-to-earth down guy. So Rob down was earth. like, oh, he was so down-to-earth, he had to crash a plane down-to-earth. <laughs> 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 and yeah, a couple of my buddies did not enjoy that, Joe. <laughs> couple of my buddies were like, ah. <laughs> I just felt like it was Too true. Soon? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you feel, Joe? I don't know if you've uh, heard about it, but um, as a comedian, um, did you see Larry David's um, SNL um, monologue? Oh, I didn't catch that, um, but um, I heard something, something Holocaust. He made a joke about if he people. if he were in a concentration camp, that he would have still found females attractive, and I, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great, and I thought it was just an honest opinion of himself. Like, he just yeah. said, I love women so much. Like, if I were in a concentration camp, I would have been like, look at that, look at that girl. Yeah, like, hey, slow-mo, look at that ass over yeah, there. Look, look, <laughs> look at that broad over there. And like, yeah, dude, people you are know, just... And, and that's assuming that people who were in that situation weren't thinking the same thing, at least some of them. Yes, yeah. you know, like, that's what I said. There had to be. Gotta pass the time somehow. Yes, I mean, there, it was just, there, there was nothing offensive. And as far as comedy goes, I feel that anything, anything is fair in comedy, man, like... And I was trying to yeah, figure out, like, well, well, yeah, 
as long as it's done somewhat tastefully. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's well, how well I felt he did it. That's how I felt I he did it. I thought it was funny, yeah, too. Yeah, I just thought it was, like, harmless, like, silly, observationally. I was trying to figure out, like, why people are offended by that. I'm like, oh, do they just think, like, oh, you're you're putting Holocaust uh, victims in, in the wrong light. The like, wrong they light, weren't, yes. They weren't, like, looking at women. They, they were holy. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, it was, it was a horrible situation, <laughs> but he just said that if he was there, yeah, he would have checked a, a girl out or two which uh, perfectly fits with larry david's character yes right? yes he, I ha- i'm surprised he hasn't done like a weird like time travel episode on curb your enthusiasm where that very thing happened yes <laughs> <laughs> i can see that i can see that <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah no i just feel like yeah it's, it's really not that bad really not that bad yeah they get back to the uh, the Roy Holiday thing, you know. It's not like remember last year when Jose Fernandez died in the uh, the boat crash. <laughs> not not that that was funny. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing. I know you said you're a Yankees fan. I'm a Mets fan, and like they, yes. of course, he died right before they were supposed to play the Mets, and because uh, that's just their luck, where they they play the team that that's coming off like a tragedy. And they <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, this year, you know, the uh-huh. Houston Astros, Houston had the big hurricane, and then the first games back in Houston were against the Mets, and they just beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's right up there, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't get either. Yeah, what's what's the deal with, like, yeah, retired retired people trying to fly planes? Like, what is that? Is that what you got to do anymore? Like, I, I don't get it. I don't know. It's been a bad year for those kind of things. Like, wasn't Shane McMahon in a helicopter crash? Oh, yes, uh, yes. Like, six months ago, and just, you know, because he's all roided up and meaty, he just <laughs> walked away from it fine. I could, I could fly, yeah, I could fly a helicopter and crash. I'll be fine, guys. Just watch. Just watch. <laughs> he probably does that once a month. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> time he did it near a news crew. Vince, Vince, Vince makes him do it once a month. <laughs> <laughs> hey Shane, what do you do these days? I oh, crash helicopters. <laughs> it's the only way you can stay my son is if you do that, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Just get us out there. Get our name out there, Shane. Yeah, you want that inheritance, don't you? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> what else do you have going on, Joe? Any any upcoming projects? Otherwise, uh, just uh, I've been doing my podcast, Comedy Sucks, mm. and then uh, yeah, I have a couple other things I'm working on that I'll probably get to after the taping because it's kind of been taking up all my time. Cool, uh, yeah. I was gonna ask if you were still doing thinking. the podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you were still doing the podcast. Yeah, you know, I'm very infrequent about it. <laughs> so there was a time where I'm like, I'm gonna do this every week, and then. Uh, the same amount of people listened if I did it once a week or once a month. So I was like, well, I guess I'm doing it somewhere between once a week and once a month. So wow. We might be taking more time off soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I could do that. I think I would lose my mind if I was because like you do comedy. Like this is what we do every week. Like, I don't right. know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got nothing else going on. I would be very right. sad. Also, on the, I, I had an episode of my podcast where I guess uh, me and some of the other comedians on the show uh, were a little too mean to somebody. And then uh, I had to get a whole big message on Facebook about it. And then he... <sighs> 
defriended me and unfollowed me on every social media account. And I'm like, all right. Was it Mike Jolitz? <laughs> was it Mike Jolitz? Because he won't talk to us either. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. But I'll, uh, I'll see if I can arrange something similar with he, him. He didn't unfollow us, but he won't tweet anything. And I was in a group message on Twitter um, from like months ago that he was in. And then over the weekend, somebody like messaged again in it and all you see is Mike Jolitz left. Mike Jolitz oh, left the conversation wow. like he's butter. Oh, he's butter, dude. I, well, what did you do to this uh, this guy that befriended you? Like, what, how were you mean to him? Uh, you know, it's somebody I had a working relationship with over the years and that was and to be honest, he had become we went from being sort of friends to him being kind of just like a Facebook troll right. overnight. Oh, yeah. So he deserved yeah. whatever you, you know. Yeah. You know the person that, that never likes your status but just leaves like a really stupid self-serving comment on everything that goes nowhere and just kind of like screws it up for everyone. Yes, it takes everyone out of the, mm. of the rhythm. Exactly. So uh, that was kind of getting tiresome. And then uh, he's somebody that I've always been loosely friends with, but like everybody else that I know in comedy, whenever his name comes up, it's like, ugh. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <I've> been, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, I like to associate with people that, that mostly everyone hates. <laughs> I like to corner that market. <laughs> Keep your enemies close. Or something exactly. Like that. Too I close, even, and then <laughs> give them money. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man. Oh, I, I would just leave it up there, though. I wouldn't apologize. That's what you got to do. You don't apologize. You just keep it on there. Keep it on there, and you oh, just yeah. No, move well, on. I like fake apologize to maintain our no. fake friendship, but uh, apparently <laughs> it wasn't enough. <laughs> and he wished me well on my future endeavors, and that was the end of it. So. Yeah. <laughs> we we just had an. And I was like, no, I wish you well on your future endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> we just had an incident that was amazing and coincidental and I gotta bring it up because I've been thinking this whole time like because what happened is I noticed when we came back from break that our board was disconnected so my webcam was picking us up and I was like oh man I hope I didn't lose all these great interviews and I'm like oh no 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 we've had people that were listening and they heard these interviews so what had happened is we did this interview with this guy and as soon as we hung up on this guy I must have disconnected the board and I didn't realize that the board was disconnected so I muted the mics on the board thinking that now we can proceed to talk shit about about the guy that we just interviewed, <laughs> but the webcam picked up all of our shit talking. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Which is just perfect, but <laughs> so one of my friends thought that we were doing it on purpose and was texting me like, "I'm dying. This is the best." And I'm like, "No, that wasn't supposed that, to." Be. No, that was a complete. Act. I must have like moved my arm or something and like disconnected the wire at the last minute. Whoops. Thinking the mics were muted. <laughs> I, I would have played it off like you guys were just doing a workshop. None of that was serious. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> Podcast 101. <laughs> yeah, we were just having a writing session. That yeah, was a was. ruse. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> writing session. <laughs> oh, my God. Joe, what's the... Um, well... <laughs> 
I can't follow that. I can't. Follow oh no, it was amazing, and it just like <laughs> hit so me good. now how amazing it was that that had happened <laughs> at that exact moment. Oh like, god! Because like I said, I was worrying for a bit. I'm like, man, we lost all this, and I'm like, oh wait, no, no, no. people heard all that. <laughs> so it's gonna be out there. It's gonna be out there. Uh, I do. I do have an important question, Joe. Which Rays original is the original Rays? Ooh. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> let me think. I don't know, but wh- wherever it was, it probably has like a 95 story apartment building that nobody lives in right now. <laughs> I, did, I loved your tweet about the uh, the marathon, the New York marathon of having real New Yorkers run and then stop to argue where the, the best pizza is. I just <laughs> love that. Yeah, I think we need like a real and pure New York marathon that's just New Yorkers, but only New Yorkers who have been here for like 20 to 30 years or more. Mm. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, geez, that's the best. That's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Joe, uh, we got to wrap this up, dude, but where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Pontillo and on Facebook and uh, oh Instagram on Pontillogram on uh, <laughs> <Nice>. Instagram <laughs> rolls right off the tongue <laughs> it and then uh, JoePontillo dot com and I don't know probably on the streets begging for food <laughs> wherever you guys wherever we are and where can it where uh, yeah. where's your live taping again. Uh, it's at Governor's Comedy Club in the uh, the Little Room, 8 p.m. on Saturday. Awesome, dude. Best of luck. Thank you very much, guys. I'll let you know when it's up. Definitely do, man. Later, Joe. Later, guys. Take care. You too. All right, we're going on break, and we'll be back. With some genuine? With some genuine. <laughs> Wasn't it playing? What's up, bitches? It's your boy, Deezus, here, and you're listening to The Robin Slim Show. If you love all the crazy shenanigans that go on over here, you should definitely check out my podcast, Deezus, Take the Real. It's part late-night talk show, part movie podcast, all parts dope. We play games. So here's the game. These are uh, the games called Elevator Pitches. Tell crazy stories. So, so stone-faced. This is when I wish this was a video podcast, because you have mm-hmm. to see my face, but he just looks at me and goes... Your skin is black, but your white is present, and they scurries out the door. (laughs) And when I say scurries, like, it's exactly what you're thinking. He scurried. Wow. And, and of course, nerd out over movies. And this is all in the visual. Like, there's no dialogue. So the visuals tell me that, so you, you have the driver. He knows he, he's hid this side of himself from Irene this entire movie. He can't avoid it now. If he wants to save her life, he's got to show his true his true self, like the fucking the violent anger. In short, it's pretty fucking lit. So come join the party with us every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, all your favorite podcast platforms. So find me on Twitter at DesusTTReal, and let's get weird. Desus take the real. I'm here to save you motherfuckers. Now back to the show. <laughs> this is Elmo, and you're listening to the Robin Slim Show. Hey, kids, show me on me where they touched you. Slow motion for me. And Soldier Slim. Soldier Slim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Show me oh. what you got. Show me. Robin Slim Show.
Robin Slim Show? Robin Slim Show. Hello. Uh, Mike, you there? Mike. Mike. No, we should be good. Call us back, dude, if you could hear us. I've got bad connect. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Rob and Slim Show. Hey, this is Mike McGee. Mike, how you doing, dude? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. All right, man. Stand-up poet from uh, Silicon Valley, correct? That is correct. San Jose, California, to be exact. Nice. Have you been there your whole life, Mike? I have, yeah. Well, yes, yes, yes. But I mean, like, like I was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, kind of on accident. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> That's how we all got it. My dad, yeah. right, right, yeah. I just kind of fell out one day, and my mom was like, "Oh, damn it, um, <laughs> was it supposed to happen?" And then, <laughs> it's yeah. a mic. <laughs> uh, but I, I moved back. I moved here when I was a month old. My mom was from here. My dad was from here, and. Um, and I basically was here until I was about 27. And then uh, after I won the U.S. National Poetry Slam Individual Championship, I just started touring like crazy. I basically lived out of a suitcase all over the country, wow. all over Canada and parts of Europe for like 10 years. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, so, so there was a good chunk of time where I wasn't in San Jose. Like I would stop in, see family, go to my storage unit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, but I was, I was kind of everywhere else. I've lived in Worcester, Massachusetts. I've lived in Portland, Oregon. I've lived in Bellingham, Washington, and I've spent a lot of time, like probably two years in Vancouver, BC. How, what's your favorite place to be? You know, you know, I ha- I have to say anywhere on the West coast is fine by me. West coast. Okay. Uh, I, I, I really, yeah. Portland is beautiful. Uh, Bellingham and Seattle are beautiful. Van- Vancouver, BC um i mean like la parts of la are really really wonderful you know so it just depends but but i mean i belong in san jose san jose is my is my true home yeah and uh yeah i mean it's i love i love this city very much and uh honestly can't imagine staying away that long ever again you know well is that also your favorite uh place to perform San Jose. Yeah. I mean, I definitely in the last three years have definitely performed here more than just about any other because um, I haven't really toured a whole lot in the last three years. I've been really focusing on putting on shows and events here, okay, uh, throughout Silicon Valley. And so um, I would say, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess you know, I definitely, I, I definitely got my chops here, you know, for yeah. sure. Like I started out, you know, I could, I think of so many venues where it's like i could say well that was my first time i did that there and first time i did this was over here you know and it's all it's all within walking distance of where i the house i live in right now wow that's cool that's really cool wow yeah so so there's 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 a lot of history here i mean in next year next year would be 20 years that i've been involved with poetry slam and spoken word and comedy so you know I'm an old I'm an old dude in this scene for sure. <laughs> That's good though. But That's I'm good to be heart. that guy. It, it's good it's to be the veteran. Yeah, yeah. Definitely feel like a vet, you know, when it comes to 
uh, handling a microphone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little bit of PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man, how many poems do you write, uh, like on a monthly basis? I don't know, two or three. Just depends on the month. Yeah. You know, um, because I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm busy. You know, I write other things as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm about to get in a car while I do this interview with you guys. Wow. I'm about to get in a car and head over to um, this, uh, doing a video production, um, like a, an online TV show uh, that's sort of like, uh, like Silicon Valley comedy news. You know, we're calling it Hella News. Cool. And... Uh, yeah, and so uh, so me and one of the writers and one of the co-hosts, uh, he's coming to pick me up right now in front of my house, and uh, we're going to head over there. So, you know, I work on stuff like that. Um, I also teach poetry. Um, I just picked up a gig um, teaching poetry Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays uh, over at uh, my old high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to be doing that. So. I do a lot of non-writing too, you know, like, cause I organize so many different shows. I have a weekly open mic for literature. I have a couple of variety shows, monthly variety shows. Wow. They're pretty popular downtown, uh, that I host. So I play MC a lot, Yeah, a lot, like probably more than anything. I'm, I'm a host. I'm a, I'm the master of ceremonies. Wow. Um, so cool. Uh, we need a new word. We got to get rid of the the master part of that. <laughs> I, just, I don't feel like I'm a master of anything other than maybe Scrabble, you know. And even there, it's tenuous. How do you teach poetry, though? Like, is there a, is there um, like an equation to it? Like, or do you just have to have it? No. In you? No, I think I think it's it's it really comes down to who your students are, you know. Yeah. If it's like like this summer, I taught poetry to ten and eleven year olds, and um, I would say two thirds of it was, you know, uh, Joey, quiet down, sit down, now focus. You know, it was like it was a lot of it was a lot of wrangling. Yeah. You know? It was a lot of like herding cats. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just depends on who it is. Uh, like, oh man, I got to get all these marbles back in this paper bag, you know, that has a hole in it and I have to carry it across town, you know, across the highway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm getting paid for this, you know, um, but it, no, it's actually, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, I think about how, if I had had someone come in and say, Hey, poetry's good. See how good this can be. Oh, you like it? Cool. You can do it too. Did you know that you could do it? Oh, yeah. I want you to do it right now. Mm. If I had somebody that was like that in my life, I think I would have been, I would have been a little happier, a little sooner. Yeah. You know? Just encouraging. Yes. I, yeah, I, I do hear. And that. that's really, that's really, I think the first job of a, of a poetry teacher is encouraging because everyone already knows what poetry is. Poetry is sort of a, an inherent soulful truth that you can't always describe. You just know it's real. You just know it's there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're honest with yourself and as long as you're honest with the folks that, uh, that really want poetry in their life and you let them speak and you let them speak to what it is there to, to their own experiences, uh, they're going to appreciate it. And I think, 
you as a teacher will appreciate it too coming out of it mm. there's just something really and you know and also too like i come at it from like a pretty comedic standpoint too you know so i i don't you know i try not to limit i try not to limit how uh how people want to express themselves it doesn't have to always be serious it yeah. doesn't have to always be you know it doesn't have to always be funny either <laughs> yeah. um hence hence that's why i call myself a stand-up poet you know yeah so i just you know i but just I'll- try to Oh, sorry, Mike. We have we are I'm laughing at what you said about hurting cats because Slim's cat <laughs> is opening his roommate's door right now. You got to get him to stop because you just hear this like knocking. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and he got in, and his roommate's door is like, okay, now it's closed. It was, just, right. it was partially open. Wow, <laughs> 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 it's such a pain in the ass. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, man. What timing? <laughs> See that poetry right there. <laughs> now, Mike, I uh, uh, I don't know how much we touched on it last time, but you grew up with spina bifida, correct? Correct. Yeah. And uh, that just for the audience, um, that's like a, a neural disorder. It's a neural tube defect. So basically your spinal cord that's inside your vertebrae, right? Yeah. Your spinal cord. Um, So for in, in there's so many different outcomes with regard to spina bifida, but basically it just means that you have a damaged, you generally have a damaged spinal cord. Um, And that can, that can happen in so many different ways. So try to imagine a few vertebrae, right? Somewhere along your spine. Yeah. The higher up the damage occurs, the more damage to the rest of your body, the more limitations uh, you're going to have to the rest of your body, right? Yeah. Um, so if it's, it's in the lower back, you know, where mine happened, That's you know, you're probably still, you're probably still walking. You're probably, you know, like things are probably like, you know, pretty, pretty okay. I mean, you're yeah. still going to, you're still going to have some limitations, what have you, like I do. Yeah. Um, but most people I meet with spina bifida are generally, it's usually higher up. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I don't know if there's any correlation to where, uh, you know, where it happens is how late it takes place uh, in the uh, in the womb, mm. but it is a birth defect, meaning that mm. it, it everything happens within the womb, um, oh. and a lot of the damage happens within the womb. And I think a long time ago, 20, 30, 40, 50, especially 60, 70 years ago, kids with spina bifida were sort of relegated to like, you know, well, your kid is going to be useless, so just put him in a room somewhere and don't, you know, don't yeah. bring him out because, you know, any more damage to their spine is just going to ruin their life. You know? Oh, wow. Um, we don't know what to do here. There's nothing we can do. We can't fix this. Spinal yeah. injuries are, you know, spinal injuries before 1950. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you're doomed. You yeah. Know? Yeah. We don't, we don't know anything about the spine. It's weird. We think it's made of cats. We're not <laughs> sure. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, wow. So, uh, so, so there's, there's so many different outcomes with spina bifida and, um, you know, and, and mine is, mine is just one story among millions. It's the second most common birth defect. Uh, just after heart disease. 
Wow. Uh, and most people, yeah, most people don't realize that. It's so common. And I think it's because it was sort of, it really was put on the back burner. It's like we, doctors didn't know what to do with it. So yeah. Never, so they didn't, you know. Wow. Until finally, so finally sometime around the 70s and 80s, they really started to to do a lot of research. Um, and I think even I was a bit of a guinea pig back in, when I was born in 76. Because the, sort of one of the, one of the minor pluses of being born in, uh, on the border of Tennessee and Kentucky was that I was born near Nashville, not far from Nashville, where um, <clears throat> Vanderbilt Memorial Hospital is like the reigning champ of spina bifida science oh. and has, has been such since the mid-70s. So it's like I was born with spina bifida and I happened to end up in a hospital that knew knew mo- more about spina bifida than any other place, really. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, there's so much to it. I could go on and on and on, but, you know, uh, I'm sure you have other medical questions uh, for other guests <laughs> right. throughout the evening. I, I didn't know, though, Mike, <laughs> is it something that gets um, more manageable as, the older you get, or is, does it stay the same? Uh, I would, I would honestly say that it's pretty much stayed the same. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I have, I have no bladder control because of it. Um, I get migraines because of it. Um, and, uh, but not very, not very often. Like the migraines come every once in a while. Uh, you you know, and I live where there's, you know, do do you get where like you see funny because of the migraines or it? Oh, I just like when I get a migraine, it's usually like once every couple of months and it's like, I just need to go, I need to lay down because everything's too bright. Everything's too yeah, loud. The, the uh, and, and my head hurts. Oh man. You know, it feels like my brain feels, feels like my brain's trying to grow out of my skull, you know? Oh yeah. Oh. Enlarge itself, you know, yeah. so I can become, who is the, uh, who is the, the Ninja Turtles bad guy with the big brain guy? Crane. Oh, Crane. 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 Yeah, yeah. Crane. Yeah. That's what I, I feel like, I feel like a really pissed off Crane, you know? <laughs> no wonder he hated the Ninja Turtles. He just had a migraine, you know? <laughs> that's it. That's it. He just wanted to... Too much pizza and Mountain Dew. <laughs> he wanted to be in the dark somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to bring up how much of a dumbass I am, because Rob goes... Oh, you know, you you grew up with this spina bifida, and I'm like, oh, who's that guy? Like, is he a celebrity or something? Like, I never heard of him before, and that's like that's oh, my part. Right. I thought I was talking about a rapper. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was like, oh. like, yeah. like you grew up yeah, with yeah. this rapper. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's really cool yeah, that you she's, grew she's up opening, with. Spina she's opening for Lady Gaga. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, it's pronounced Spina Spina by Fida Spina Oh god <laughs> This next song is really dear to my heart and really close to my spine <laughs> Oh man, Mike, would you be able to um, um, do one of your poems for us? Oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I think uh, I think I got a request for like. Did I not? Yes, yeah. That you guys was... wanted to hear like, yeah, yeah. Oh no problem. All right, here we go. So, so just a quick little disclaimer. Uh, I wrote this for a woman that I really liked, and I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll write her a poem. I'll write her a three-minute poem. She'll love it, and she'll fall in love with me. 
and we'll get married the next day and it's all going to be perfect. Um, and, uh, so then I cornered her in her living room and was like, let me read you something. And, um, I thought she was going to fall madly in love with me and she didn't, but she at least liked the poem. Uh, and, uh, I hope you like it too. Here it goes. It's called like, and this is how I performed it for her. I like you. The way I like my wonton packed full of shrimp. Like too much syrup on my pancakes, eggs, toast, beard, waffles, beard, chin, eyes, hair, oops. I like you like blue whales like to say. Time out real quick. Those of you who don't speak whale, that was very dirty. Time in. I like you a whole bunch of a lot. You are a pocket full of awesome. I like you not unlike Texans and pretty much only Texans like Texas. Like fat kids like cake. Like two likes three and four likes six because five has issues. Like tuna sandwiches like teeth. Like cherry flavored Slurpees like to wash down convenience store nachos. Like lazy boys like Sunday afternoon asses. I like you a whole bunch of a lot, no, a little bit more. You're a bottomless basket of extra crispy French fries covered in awesome sauce. I like you similar to the way pirates and frat boys like booty, like newlyweds, like holiday inns, like bohemians, yuppies, and the Japanese like sushi, like David Copperfield likes performing grand scale yet lame-ass beats of illusion, like the U.S. government likes performing grand scale yet lame-ass beats of illusion, like testicles and homeboys like to hang, like homeless people and breakdancers like cardboard, like Americans like ranch dressing. Time out real quick. I hate ranch dressing. I think it's repulsive, but I know there's some of you out there who need to know how to make it on the cheap because you just can't afford it, but you need it in your life. So here's how you make it for free. Take a baby, feed it for about 20 minutes, and then make it nauseous. Don't shake it. Just make the baby nauseous. And then pour that over your chicken strips, add salt and pepper to taste. Boom. Homemade ranch. Time in, back to the poem. I like you like Muppets like fisting. I like you a whole bunch of a lot and a whole lot more times infinity. And yeah, maybe that's starting to dip into the equation of love. Nevertheless, I got a thing for you. Like magnets got her for refrigerators. I'm stuck on you, and I like it. I like you an official metric buttload. I think you're a body full of soul, and I hope you like me back. Even if it's like dust likes furniture, at least you're all over me. And I'm making a pledge. Because I guess I'm just, just tired of meeting people who define themselves by the things they don't like. I just don't like that. But I do like holding you. The way your pillow holds your head when you sleep. The way gay, lesbian, transgender, transsexual, Irish, and Mexican people hold parades. The way the earth holds the moon and the sun holds the earth and how they will constantly spin around each other forever. And I, I know that metaphor doesn't really make sense with regard to this poem because that would imply that there were three of us, which could also be awesome. You get the idea. In my book, you rock and I like rocks. Anyhow. Just because I spent an hour or so writing this down doesn't mean you have to like me back. But damn it, I would really, really like that. Thank you. Awesome. Mike, wow, dude. I, lo I love that. That 
It's so great on so many levels. So good. So but good. you don't like it, right? I love it. I love it and like it. I, I like both. I, I like. I like and love. <laughs> How's she not with you? I. I. The, that's got to be the biggest compliment to get. Like, as a as a woman, I, as anybody, know, as anybody. Yeah. That's, right. Right. But but when you're when you're an overbearing, chubby, you know, dude who you know, doesn't really understand how to approach women at yeah, all. And you're just like, listen to this poem. Tell me what you think of me. You know, huh. like it can, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to take on, yeah. you know, especially in your, in your, in your mid twenties, you know, mm. it's like, you've been in, you've been in a couple of bad relationships, you know? And, uh, and all of a sudden here's this, is this <laughs> right. loud, obnoxious, hairy dude. Who's like, I think you're the greatest. I want to take care of you forever. You know, uh, and I don't know how. <laughs> I have no <laughs> skills to do that, but I want that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, way I envisioned I want all it, those things. the way I envisioned it too, is like she walks in her house, the lights are off, and she turns the lights on, and you're just standing there. You're like, I wrote you this poem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wrote this for you. Listen, like, sit down have, and listen. But I have to take a shit. <laughs> you know? I don't care. I'll meet you inside. I'll, I'll be right outside. Door. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just leave the fan off so you can hear it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's still still amazing. Mike, what um what upcoming uh, gigs or projects do you have going on? Uh, well, I let's see. I got uh, doing a few shows up in Portland, Oregon, uh, later this month, uh, like right just before Thanksgiving, um, and then. Uh, and then I'll be, I think I'm kind of, I'm home for the rest of the, the rest of the year. And I just have so many shows in San Jose right now and uh, so throughout Silicon Valley. So if anyone's ever passing through here, uh, just look me up. Um, you can, uh, you can find me at mightymikemedia.com. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, all, every possible way to reach me is on there. Cool, dude. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Of course, yeah. I, uh, Rob and Slim, I love you guys. Love you're you, best. Mike. You, you're amazing. You're amazing. Such a cool dude. I really appreciate that. No worries, dude. We'll talk soon, Mike. All right, man. Be well, you guys. You too, yeah, brother. Care, man. Later. Later, dude. <laughs> All so right. cool. So cool. Yeah. Not like that Willis character. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully, ho- hopefully, Mike can get us a uh, an interview with uh, Spider Biffin. <laughs> oh, Spider! How did he say it? Yeah, <laughs> I can't even. Spina Biffida. Spina Biffida. I think he said. Uh, I was just thinking at the whole time. I was like, I am such a retard. Cause that's literally what I thought. Like when you said that, I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like a rapper. That Wait, like he's got that, an inside with Spider. Yeah, like, like, this is like one of those like obscure oh. like artists that Rob knows about. And I'm like, oh. yeah, because that's all I look into is obscure artists. Right. Like Spin Spina Spina Bifida. What a dick. What an ignorant dick. It's true. <laughs> All right. I'm a dummy, but you're a retard. <laughs> dummy and retard going on break. Dummy and retard in the morning. <laughs> With Willis.
With what Willis, is his name? I don't even with know. Willis Nunez. Conspiracy <laughs> guy. With Willis. With, with Conspiracy da, With DahmerDidIt.com. <laughs> Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type ROB for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code ROB, R-O-B, ROB, at adamandeve.com. Hey guys, it's Ryder Doll. I know what you're thinking. With all the porn out there, who's looking for phone sex? Well, I'll tell you who. Tens of thousands of totally normal guys just like you who felt lonely or, you know, in need of something different to get them off. So whether you're curious how to make me your hot little fuck toy for the night or you're absolutely desperate to make me your girlfriend, check me out on RyderDoll.com. That's R-Y-D-E-R-D-O-L-L.com. Click the tab for deals and promotions And just for hearing me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes to use in our first call. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause on the porn and visit me on RyderDoll.com. I can't wait to make you blow a huge load and to blow your fucking mind. (laughs) This is horror author Isaac Thorne. Do you love Halloween? I have a new collection of short tales of dark horror that I guarantee will set you on edge. Road Kills features 11 short tales of dark comic horror and one spine-tingling screenplay. Right now you are safe. Just don't forget about what's waiting for you between the pages of my new book. Road Kills is available for order now from Amazon.com and other retailers in either paperback or ebook formats. It's there. It's waiting. For you. Enjoy the ride. You're listening to Rob. Slim. Neither match the names. Who cares? It's hysterical. At Ram, two hundred thousand five hundred hundred years. Sixty thousand. Somebody getting bed a little sleepy. His door's open. The cat ties. Is he open again? How the fuck? I closed it. What the fuck? That fucking cat's quick. He cats. works quick. He's fucking fast. Cats got cat-like shit. Going on, yeah. cats, the musical, cats the musical, with my cat, <laughs> with Mike at my cat, my cat should be this the head cat in cats, mm. with Willis, 
I don't like chai. <laughs> I I'm like I'm on my I think third beer, fourth beer, third, third beer. Chai? Yeah, I think like the third chai the beer. Chai smoothie. And I'm just like, this is not. I thought like I don't know, I like interesting things. I was like, oh, that's not interesting. Chai tea added. That's cool. That's wait, never in a beer. And wait, I'm just like, Frank in the drizz. Show what me what you got. <laughs> Show me Mike. what you got. Robin Slim Show. Hey, it's Mike. How's it going? Hey, what's Mike's going on, Mike? Mike what do you think about chai? <laughs> you know what? I I'm kind of chai agnostic. Like I I remember like when it hit big a couple few years ago, and I tried it, and it's like, oh, this is kind of you know cinnamony or or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wouldn't cross the street for it. But but I I still got friends that swear by it. It's weird. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm just an idiot, and I like interesting beers. And I got this beer that said, oh, chai tea added. I'm like, oh, that sounds oh. awesome. And I'm I'm on my third one, and I'm like, why am I drinking this shit? <laughs> It's <laughs> gross. I've never actually had chai tea. I'm just like, oh, it's in a all, beer. It's gotta be good. All I know is that my friend Mario, when he had a chai tea, he's like, this is disgusting. Like, <laughs> that's all I remember him saying. Well, it can't be that nasty if you're on your third one. <laughs> well, you know, when you need a buzz, I mean. <laughs> so it'll get you where you're going. Is, right, is that right, what yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Although it says something about meditation on it and stuff. Oh, mm. It'll meditate on this transcendent, uh, uh, rich and robust spiced yuck. seasonal of a decidedly different sort. I yuck. don't feel any like transcendent or anything, but. Did you transcend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, you gay, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No homo. I'm drinking chai tea. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag no homo. Oh, man. And as I lose all of my friends that decided to click in and listen live, it's like, Mike, why are you saying those things? Rob, why are you laughing at those things Mike are saying? Like, that's well, we know why Rob's laughing at them, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's just like slim why the fuck are you drinking slim why are you gay why are you gay bro why are you gay bro Mike you finished college yeah, I sure did. It's uh, uh, back in August. I uh, well, actually, no, I, I graduated back in like uh, uh, June or July or whenever normal people graduate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, back in August, I wrapped up my run at KGRG and I uh, I, I growed up and, and got myself an actual paying radio gig. Cool. You know, it, wow. it, you know, it's 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 really cool. I am enjoying it, uh, but it's you know, like uh, like Rob, when you and I were kind of uh, messaging back and forth, it's it's not super sexy. I was gonna ask, that, is it different than yeah? You thought you thought it was gonna be the glamorous gig, and it just it's not. It's not right. Right. Well, it's it's doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like mm. I'm a uh, a board operator for uh, news and talk stations here in uh, in Seattle, yeah. and I um um I'm a board operator. I'm a fill in producer. I work with a lot of our paid shows. Um, so it's um for somebody that's into the technical side of doing radio, it's actually really cool. I'm um really digging it. It's very satisfying. But wow. in terms of coming on the robin slim show it's 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 not as exciting as say like hey i've got this interview with this band coming up and i've got like this festival that i'm doing i've got this comic con it's like that's no, what I, I was wondering I, uh, like yeah is, is it more behind the scenes 
Yeah, it's totally behind the scenes. Like every once in a while, I get to crack a mic when the host calls on me and says like, well, hey, Mike, how many people do you think are going to kneel for the national anthem uh, during uh, during the football game? Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll come up with something pithy. But, you know, and I I participate every now and again. But, yeah, I mean, uh, being on air isn't really the the centralized focus of of what I've been doing. But, you know, the, the one thing that I I will say about my gig and again, I love it is that I get to do radio with adults, you know, and, uh, you know, like I, I was on a KGRG over here at a uh, green river college for two years and it's, it's great fun, had a lot of fun memories. In fact, actually, before we get too far, I want to give them a shout out because they've, uh, they've let me use their studio here yeah. uh, so that I can talk to you guys on, uh, on Skype and actually use a, uh, halfway professional sounding microphone as opposed to uh, uh calling you up on my broke dick cell phone so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i mean definitely uh shout out to kgrg yes. um i i don't forget where i come from you know i i'm i'll always wave the flag loud and proud for those guys cool what is your favorite memory of doing doing radio there you know what and and um I, I've got a couple, but I have uh, I have two of them, and they actually happened within um, a couple weeks of each other. Um, so, oh damn! Now that I think about it, I've got like two or three. I, I'll <laughs> I'll try to be quick. So so what the, what it was was uh, um, I achieved a couple few milestones during my time at KGRG. Uh, one, I got to celebrate 100 episodes. And that was cool because we brought in um, a lot of uh, co-hosts and interns and personalities from the past. And it was it was this huge uh, uh, homecoming for us, you know, like folks I hadn't talked to for, you know, in some cases over a year. And I'm there sharing a microphone with them that uh, that was great fun. And as uh, as irony would turn out that that made for a uh, really good last episode. I just didn't know it was almost my last episode, oh. but the, um, <laughs> but, but I, but I think my, um, my favorite does have, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with that, that episode 100 celebration as my, um, uh, drop down absolute favorite time because it was, it was nostalgia, but it was also celebrating, uh, going forward, but closely behind that, what was my actual last episode. And this was kind of funny because like we, uh, we had a band come up, uh, they were, uh, a band, uh, called flicker and fade from right here in Seattle. They kind of play a kind of a, a theatrical alternative, I guess. I would call it kind of like kind of like dream theater crossed with rush with a little bit of uh, Foo Fighters thrown in there for fun. Uh, Really, really cool folks. But um, we had this arranged before uh, like a month or so before I knew I was leaving the show. What had happened, like my boss had called me up like on a Friday and they were like, hey, we've uh, we've got this full time gig for you. Um, Would you be able to do it? And I said, well, yeah, of course. And then I realized, oh, my shift is what would have been during my Monday night KGRG show. And I had to make that hard choice. Mm. Um, but but that was a really special night because, I mean, they, they, they came up to the studio. They played a live acoustic set oh, and uh, wow. just really, really cool folks. And um, between... That episode and the 100th episode, I combined those into like one uh, just just really fun uh, memory. It was a it was a really cool way to go out and to uh, kind of top it off. 
um we uh we had our um award ceremony in august like it's kind of our year-end celebration where you know we uh you know talk about the year that was and what's coming up and we have uh, several awards for like department of the year broadcaster of the year uh the monday project the show that i founded and was able to pass on to uh my co-host uh big e from kgrg airhorn elijah uh we uh we won specialty show of the year cool that that was and and again and i had already left at that point i had been gone for like a month wow and so it was it was kind of a homecoming for me to where i can come back and be celebrated and not just to uh for myself but also my co-hosts and other folks that were there um and it was it was just really really cool um and kind of a way to kind of cap off my uh my kgrg experience um uh, really cool stuff that's cool that's why i was wondering if you still did the money project or if it was just um your show uh, okay, so yeah, let's talk about that. So the the Monday project is continuing, and one of the things when I started it was I wanted to name it something that didn't have my name in it. Like I had started a show called Mike After Dark. I took on a uh, co-host. Her name was Mickey, so we renamed the show Mike and Mickey After Dark. Yeah. And then when when she left, um, I was at an impasse. It's like, do I go back to Mike After Dark or do no? It's time for something different, and. And my wife, actually, uh, she was the one that came up with it. It's like, just call it the Monday Project, because if it's going to stay at that same time slot, um, you know, that that way it's something that can continue after I leave. And that's exactly what happened. Like, uh, um, I had this guy, Elijah, a really good kid. Um, I, you know, trained him up. He was my co-host. And I asked him, I go, well, I've got the call. You know, you've got a choice. You can continue the show. You can stop the show. You can do your own show. Yeah. Either way, um, you know, I, I just unfortunately can't be a part of it anymore. And in in the time that I've been gone, he's he's kind of uh, gone off and done his own thing, calling it the Monday Project, and it and it's great because like it sounds, it sounds completely different than when I was on there. Like he's doing a different combination of music. Like he's uh, made a connection with a lot of local EDM artists. Yeah. Uh, so there, so it's all boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. It's you know, it's <laughs> getting into a lot of that stuff. Uh, but, but it's great fun. It's great fun. Cool. Oh, that's cool. I saw Mike. You went to China. Yeah, man. That uh, <laughs> that was an experience and a half. Really? And uh, well, it's okay. So we went with a um, uh, through a travel agency. So there was a group of like thirty eight of us. And what it is is they they keep you on a really tight schedule. Like we um, we got on the bus at eight o'clock in the morning, and we didn't get back to the hotel until like eight nine o'clock at night. And it's just go 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 constant activities and we got to see everything like you know we uh uh, i hiked up the great wall of china with a good buddy of mine we walked across tiananmen square uh uh, nobody was getting run over by tanks that day thankfully (laughs) yeah but yeah i mean i mean we we got to see a whole lot but it's it is a different culture over there it's like you know how you uh you drive around and you see like traffic cameras and stuff at, at like stoplights yeah well, in China, you've got like the same thing, except there's cameras everywhere. Oh, I thought you were going to say gun turrets. No, no, no. <laughs> they're, um, uh, but 
but they're not watching the traffic. You know, the state is watching you at all times. Oh, yeah. Over here, you get them where they're like, they're not even real. So, you know, you can run them. Yeah, you can run them certain ones. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas these, though, they'll be kind of like on the equivalent of like, say, like a light post or something like that. And they'll be like two dozen different cameras strapped to it. It, It's, you know, it looks like a total police state. Wow. But the thing that that really struck me, though, is that it's it is a communist country. Yeah. So I I was expecting it to be like Soviet Russia, 1984, you know, where like 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 you said, like gun turrets and, you know, it's (laughs) all like gulags and and barbed wire fences. And it's not that at all. Wow. Um, the the touches of the state watching you are very very subtle it's like you know you'll see armed police and soldiers walking around but but it's not um it's not scary in the way that i thought it was yeah that's what i would think um so yeah i mean like like i said i was i was um uh terrified going into this and it ended up being a pretty cool trip but it's um it's something that i think uh you can do once um, it was a lifetime experience, a once in a lifetime experience in that I feel no motivation to ever do it again <laughs> yes. for, for a uh, technologically advanced society. Because, you know, it's so funny, well, like I'm um, honored the- because you did us again. You did us Ooh, again, what? but you wouldn't do China again. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> it's so weird. It's like it's like you can't drink the water. You know, it's yeah. like even in the hotel, there's a plaque that says water is not potable. Water bad. <laughs> water bad. <laughs> I mean, like you got to brush your teeth with bottled water. It's it's wow, fucked up. Wow, holy shit. That's fucked up. Yeah, and you know, um uh, since, since I promised my fans that I was going to swear live on the on the internet and be all super vulgar cuz I'm hanging out with you guys, but but the thing that was the most fucked up over there, um are you guys at all familiar with uh, the toilets in China? How how kind of they do that in the uh, public restrooms? Is it like a trough? Like everyone crosses streams no, like Ghostbusters? No, it's worse. It's 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 a fucking pan that kind of sits. So okay, so like you go to like a a traditional uh, toilet and it's you know you sit down or you can stand up and piss in it. Whatever this, yeah. there's like a a porcelain pan that kind of sits over a hole and basically you you squat down shit in it and then um uh, flush it so it's it's like it's like a a um a traditional toilet but without the seat oh that's weird it's fucked up and it's and it's so gross oh it sounds like it yeah, it was so gross. I mean, it's like you you walk to like the the public restrooms and you can smell it a mile out. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and and you know, and and the thing like walking around, it's just it's just dirty. Yeah, you know, everywhere. You know, um, uh, people ask me a lot about the pollution. I didn't think the pollution was that bad. Like my wife and I bought like like uh uh like the, those paper air masks. Uh, we didn't need yeah. them. Uh, yeah. Because like we had had a bunch of wildfires in the in uh, uh, Washington State, and the sky really didn't look that much different um, <laughs> than wildfire season, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't as big of a deal as people were thinking. But 
but yeah it's like you know we're, we're going like on this grand canal tour and there's like chunks of styrofoam in in the water the water is gray you know <laughs> it's uh and you're going through you're looking in the windows and you see people's dirty laundry just hanging out there it's like i saw so many pairs of dirty underwear it's just like i, I don't i don't need to see your fucking brawls just hanging out there all all gross and dingy like and, and there's people like bathing and washing themselves like right there in in uh in the channel as we're going through on like this tourist boat thing wow. it's uh oh my god fucking backwards man do they blur it out like japanese porn uh, yeah <laughs> <Something> <laughs> like that. oh man but yeah it's it was uh oh god um, <laughs> there was a lot of spectacular stuff to see like you know like we saw like a buddha that was like you know 200 feet tall and bronze and yeah and all that yeah and you know like i mentioned the wall but yeah no it's yeah. uh the touristy stuff was great but the but the like just walking around oh god it's it, it's just uh a uh, rough is the way that i would describe it just <laughs> rough and dirty and gross Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh man Wow. <laughs> but the cool part about it was, is that we were, uh, as I said, we were part of a tour group. So we were pretty insulated. It's not like we ever like uh, thought like the Yakuza was going to get us or something yeah. like that. I mean, that's Japanese, not Chinese, but, but you get the idea. It's not like I, I never really felt like I was in danger. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the insulation you get having like, you know, being part of a group of 38 people. It's, you know, th there's there's kind of kind of safety in numbers there. And the uh, the tour group is is mostly really organized in that you can just kind of go from place to place freely. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was uh, like I said, it was it was a once in a lifetime experience. I, I wouldn't even go so far as to say that I wouldn't recommend it, but I would let folks know kind of kind of what you're in for. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I didn't eat anything fucked up. Like, I remember, like, I think uh, uh, you guys had tweeted me. It's like, well, did you eat dog? <laughs> yeah. no. We had, like, McDonald's Puppy. and KFC and Papa John's. Uh, and, okay. I mean, like, like, like the Papa Five John's, guys. you could get, like, chicken feet on your pizza and shit. It was, <laughs> oh, it was, it was weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, most of the food there was, like, you know, it's, like, uh, steamed vegetables and, like, you know, some chicken. Yeah. And. Sesame the whole time sauce. I just wanted some freaking general so chicken and <laughs> yeah no that's that that's not a thing that was going to happen it was just nah. it was just a lot of <clears throat> lot of steamed stuff so so Mike what you're saying is if your dream vacation is to go to China you should just rethink that and maybe just go to like Hawaii you know i i would say do both you know <laughs> yeah. if, if it's on your bucket list yeah. to go to china then what i would do is sign up uh go through a travel agency and that way and and this was dope this this you know because you're probably thinking it's like well why did you go if it sounds like you had all these problems here's the deal um for like our uh flight meals hotel um uh, attractions and things like that for my wife and i less than a grand oh Not wow total. wow and, and, we, and we were gone like almost two weeks wow that's amazing yeah. whereas if you just wanted to jump on a plane 
and then kind of find your way around town and hopefully not get murdered and or kidnapped and or push into a cargo container and or <laughs> working in the rice paddies for the rest of your days. <laughs> All real fears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, that, that yeah. was my that was totally my joke. It's like, yeah, we're going to get kidnapped and or murdered. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to get like roofied and find myself waking up in a cargo container with like 700 other people. <laughs> I like to just working in a rice paddy That's how we get our interns. That's how we get our interns, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> uh, totally. But but yeah, I mean like like I said, I um I if if people want to go and a lot of people do, <laughs> do that travel agency thing because it yeah. uh, get the package. Know, we, we we had some friends that were a little kind of unsure about whether they wanted to do it or not. Yeah. Because um, they thought the itinerary was maybe like a little too tight. Like, it's like, oh, well, if we had a little more time here or a little more time there. Um, but I, I feel like I got what I paid for um, because, yeah, I mean, they they kept me busy, man. It was uh, it was crazy. They worked you like a sweatshop. Oh my God! Right? I mean, it's <laughs> like a couple of the places we go. We we went to like like this pottery factory where you can see people like in like a cubicle style maze, like like almost literally slaving away, like you know, molding these clay pots. Like one guy is molding the thing, the other guy is like painting one, and it was uh it made us a little uncomfortable a bit, <laughs> like. Oh, look, you know, it's, it's government work. It's government work. And, and that was the thing. It's like, you know, half of these excursions we went on were like sales calls. So it's like we would go to like the silk factory and it'd be like, oh, government place. Good stuff. You get good deal. And <laughs> you, have to sit, like, uh, you know how like the, them like uh, timeshares and stuff where you have to like sit and listen to like a half hour presentation. Yeah. Uh, this was the same deal. And then you can go around the gift shop. So it was, it was, it was a fucking racket, but, um, but like I said, I mean, it keeps it, keeps that ticket price, uh, um, right? uh, definitely short. I'll take so. that. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Mike. Yes, sir. You're amazing, dude. You're awesome. Uh, where can everybody find you? All right. Well, um, first, I've uh, I'm doing a new podcast. I've uh, uh, given it the the very imaginative name of Mike Seibert Radio because my name's Mike Seibert, and it's it it's I, I call it a, um, a podcast radio show. Not because I'm out of touch, but that's because <laughs> what it kind of is. Like um, um, it, it's a loose format. You know, it's like yeah. I, I mostly do like pop culture and geeky topics. Right. Uh, sometimes. I have guests. Uh, sometimes I do interviews. Like I've had like bands reach out to me and say, Hey, we'd like to be on your show. Yeah. Um, uh, but, and I also play some music from time to time. Um, anything really just to kind of scratch that itch. You know, I try to keep the episode short, you know, between like a half hour, uh, 45 minutes to an hour, depending. Um, but yeah, I just, I just started doing this, uh, podcast, um, because I, I was just getting itchy. You know, yeah. it's like a, a couple yeah. weeks after I um, uh, was outside of KGRG, I was a guest on uh, the Mr. BS show podcast. They've, uh, you know, you've had them on uh, before. Yeah. And and, um, and yeah, it's just like I forgot how much I like talking into a microphone. So yeah. I, I have access to radio equipment. And after I clock out once a week, I go down and reconfigure the board and do a do a goofy podcast. Nice. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm just uh, scratching the itch. Um, but anyway, yeah. you can you can find that um, 
Mike Zybert Radio on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, uh, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, or whatever the fuck they're calling it now. Um, <laughs> like, did you ever get that email from Apple saying, like, well, you know, you should start calling it Apple Podcasts. We're we're not we're not using iTunes as much anymore. Yeah, I did. I was like, what is that? Like hashtag Apple Pie. Apple Pie, Apple podcast, <laughs> Apple podcast, Apple Pie right now. Yeah. Apple, apple pie. pie, give me some Apple Pie, guys. Yes, I did yeah, get that. I, I was like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" Yeah, I I don't know. Well, the way it was explained to me is that Apple Podcast works kind of like Apple Music in that, like you know, you get like curated playlists and all that stuff. Because mm. I don't know about you, but when I listen to podcasts, I want an algorithm to tell me what to listen to next. Yes, yes, that shit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm I'm uh, all over the internet, and you can find me on uh, social media. I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram, uh, but not on Facebook because your mom's out there so my mom um, is right she's watching us right now bro she's (laughs) she's frown faces she doesn't like us mike i i just want to say too real quick mike your itunes review of us is one of my top five favorites because you said we're the friends your wife doesn't want you to have yeah and you know that that's what i've always liked about your guys' show in fact uh like uh i've just recorded a podcast where i'm giving you guys a a shout out and i i love i love your guys' show because it's you guys provide a voice that isn't necessarily uh readily available on uh certainly on traditional radio but definitely like on a podcast i like that you know it's it's you know kind of pushes those things out there that aren't exactly politically correct anymore and with you know all of us being such a fucking snowflakes and you know i mean i i live in uh socialist seattle so i mean i i've i've got no room to talk but i I think i think it's it's okay for us to you know be a little more politically incorrect and you know say some of those things that you know maybe our our uh uh, uh, women at home wouldn't necessarily be as comfortable with um I do agree. And, like we have to, we do have to go like certain. We do have to protect certain things. But yeah, there there is freedom of speech and freedom yeah. to offend. Freedom, freedom. <laughs> there you go, America. America. <laughs> My thing is, is like when you're speaking, you shouldn't have to walk on eggshells all the time. And we all sometimes say stupid shit, and you should be okay with like, yeah, once in a while I say yeah, something stupid. Sometimes, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some dumb shit. You're yeah. you're not gonna like it, but. That's me. That's me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and that's okay. You know, yeah. because that that's uh, that's y'all's personality and all that. And really, you know, it's you know, I I was I was uh, talking to a, a local musician uh, recently, and he wasn't. Um, he's like, well, you know, I don't know what people like. I'm not sure how I can get people to uh, connect with my music. And what I told him was just, you do you. People will find you. An audience will find you. Don't try to like, you know, reinvent the wheel and, you know, change your stuff to, to, you know, make it more presentable to whoever you think you're trying to please. Because what you're going to do if you do that is you're just not being true to yourself. Yes. And that's, you know, that's what we're all trying to do is, you know, creative artists, you know, you guys are doing your show. I'm doing my podcast. People are doing, um, you know, uh, music or any other creative ventures. And it's like, you know, just there's so much out there now that really, if you just do you, 
you know, uh, people will find it. You'll find, yes, you'll right. find your audience. Exactly. Exactly, Mike. <laughs> and, and I gotta tell you, it was a huge honor being on uh, being on last uh, for this uh, this time around, and I uh, really appreciate you guys having me on again. This is a uh, uh, hell of a lot of fun, dude. You're oh. amazing. We'll do it again, bro. We'll do Definitely. it again. And you know, because it's like I I I get to be me, you know, a little bit and kind of push those boundaries a little bit because I That's I mean I'm I sure want. you guys have listened to my show a little bit. Yeah. I you know the the type of podcast that I do is what what I would uh, freely admit to be as kind of warm milk radio. But right. you remind me of like the '90s, like uh, mainstream radio. Like you remind me of like something I listened to when I was a kid. So I don't know. You do hit a nostalgia for me. I, I don't know. I, don't, I like. I don't know if that's even a correct assessment. But you no. do some fucking cool radio, dude. I, I love what you do. I love what you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. And see, and again, it's like, you know, I, I could compromise my delivery and, you know, I mean, cause you know, like when I'm on with you, I kind of push it a little bit. It's like, well, yeah. instead of saying this word, why don't I just say fuck? Yeah. You, right. know, you know, that kind of thing to just, you know, kind of, kind of play it up. You know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Juliet was tweeting earlier. She was like, Ooh, watch out for those guys. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're scary in the best way possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I, that's what I love about you guys but it's it's not my style of radio like you know yeah. i listen to a lot of movie podcasts and they're like you know super abrasive super abrupt and i think uh contentious and controversial just for the sake of it that's what and i feel we're not that we're we we say what we say we're we're not just um uh offensive to be offensive right we don't we don't go that route we don't right yeah, because if you did, it would just come across as as fake and disingenuous, and and listeners would yeah. be able to see right through that shit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, you keep doing you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> oh, I, I found that tweet from Juliet. She said, uh, "So I've been tweeting about this all day," and she's like, "Uh oh, brace yourself. Uh, those Robin Slim Show guys are maniacs in the best way possible." Smiley yeah. face. Cool. We got Juliet on next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's all oh, I got. Check she's that just, out. She's just jealous because I had great phone sex with her husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Dave, the producer, does give a good aural, you know, right. aural for your ears. He is. He's a nice cum shot, right, my ear. <laughs> podcast dick in my ear, pussy. Mike, we love you, bro. Oh man. Oh. So, um, so yeah, dude. So like I, like I said, th this was a hell of a lot of fun. And you know, um, uh, next time you want to have me on, just uh, just reach out. I'm I'm always around. I will, brother. Have a good one. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, you guys. <laughs> you Take care, too. Mike. Later, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good show. Such a good show. Oh, yeah, he's great. Ryder said oh, that Steve Coulter is mocking you, butchering simple names and words made her, <laughs> made her night. That's that so was good. amazing. Thank you, Ryder. I like that Thank too. you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Steve that was a science. That was, like, that was like an equation right there. Two vowels. <laughs> Just done. <laughs> yeah, he figured it out. Nobody else could figure out why I suck so much at like, pronouncing things, and that's what it is. You smash two vowels together, and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, goddamn. We'll be back next week. We will. See uh, <laughs> yo, 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 you guys were just listening to the Rob and Slim show. I love these fucking guys, but I hate Wavy. 
I'm out. Okay, have a crappy weekend. Hope your house burns down. This has been a Fat Moles Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash Radio. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh, funky pods with a fresh, funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us. Sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface.com. Uh, 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 uh,